gamers love us in general. Just I hope because that's who we're tailoring to. The who? Gamers. The gamers. Yeah, male or female. Uh huh. All that's of what, the above. That's not what you're in it for, though. No. You're I'm, in it for the poon. I'm, I I'm in it for. Uh, you're in it for the poon. No. <laughs> He was just telling me during the break. He was like, "Oh man, I hope one of these girls sends me some nudes or the, something." He tries to pretend he's like a nice guy during the podcast, but really he's like, "Oh man, is this how we're rolling it in creeping. episode four? That's how, we're, how we're doing in episode this? four. <clears throat> he's just creeping, creeping on all the females that subscribe to the channel. I'm creeping he's on like, everybody that subscribes. I'm like, man." He's got every, every time, on his every time I hear a ding and I look, I'm like, man, who who checked us out today? Man, they went to the page. I hope they actually went to the SoundCloud and listened to the podcast. Nope. We got like 50, 60 something likes on the page, and we have five uh, views like on the podcast. Fifteen, we're fifteen going. views of an episode. <laughs> it's like, hey, this, these guys have a really cool web page, yeah, but it's it's yeah, it's, it's all fucked. It's up for and... the podcast. You know that, right? <laughs> Our trash fucking Facebook page. Oh, man. Hello, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, gamers alike, and welcome to to Trashcast. God. That's how you think of our podcast? Trashcast. Welcome, everyone, to the end of time. I'm Michael. And I'm Adam. And we are here to talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about in the gaming world, anyway. (sighs) Man. Slight, <laughs> slightly eventful week for me. I guess I'll start. This oh yeah, oh yeah. 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 What you got going on? Well, non gamer related. Uh, I did see two movies recently. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. My wife and I went and saw Logan last night. Have you seen it yet? Logan? Yeah. No, I've not seen Logan. I saw him in Dragon Age Origins, but I did not see Logan in theaters. <laughs> Not Logan, Logan. You know, we'll, sometimes I go to Logan's Steakhouse and give me a dark spawn burger with head, cheese. Head Wolverine, Wolver, Wolverine, Wolverine. Ah. <laughs> Channeling a bullshit does, night does crawler he right now. People, is that is that what he does? He no. just goes around. So oh, I guess this will have to be claws and pretends to be badass, and they go, "Oh wow, that was really neat." No, I don't think I don't think Wolverine again. has to pretend to be badass. He he is a badass. Wolverine's overrated. Sure yep. thing. You know, it's okay to like something because it's cool. You know that. This isn't, you don't have to be that guy. It's like, what? Yeah, you don't have to be, you know who yeah, I'm talking about. It's just what, what I don't like is when a character begins to like dominate a series the way yeah. Wolverine has. Well, and that's a, that's a strong argument that's been made about pretty much all the X-Men movies is that it's, it's really Wolverine, it's Wolverine featuring, featuring the, X-Men. the X-Men. Yep. But that's, I mean, yeah. That's fine. Wolverine's popular. He's he's. It's yeah. It's, uh, there are uh, there are other things you could do. You could like I don't know. Acknowledge Gambit exists. Yes. You know. <laughs> you know. I mean, they did. They did. Oh yeah, sure they did. They, they that was horrible. They completely massacred it. But yeah, horrible. they acknowledged it eventually. We have we have uh we have some friends that we talk to at work. You know, I, there's a couple of them that could damn sure be a guest on this podcast if we just start talking about X Men, especially talking oh, yeah. about Gambit or or Rogue in general. Oh, you know who you are. Oh, they oh, would have God. a fucking field day. No, this movie was actually very good. Of course, this is going to be spoiler for the spoiler free for this talk because you haven't seen it. Nope. All I'll tell you is this: I hope, 
I hope that Deadpool has just shot a fucking ringing sound across the movie universe period where people, especially in the X-Men style movies, are going, hey, this is actually how we should be doing these movies because Logan is... they are rating? Yeah. Logan is all rated and they utilize that shit. Not... Not... I'd say I'd say about a two out so of ten. So was it? It wasn't full of like the cheese that they had been putting. No, okay. somebody brought this a good point up, and I actually saw the fight scene. There's a fight scene, I think, in the third X Men or maybe the second, where the mansion gets stormed in, and uh-huh. Wolverine just goes on a fucking tear ass rampage, and he's stabbing people and cutting people and just doing his fucking berserker rage. Yeah, there's no blood. No, he whatsoever. is fucking massacring these these like 10 20 30 whoever many like throwaway guys and there's no blood that's crazy and logan oh there's blood they they use that shit damn um he cusses a lot and people that you would expect to cuss cuss a lot i mean it's not gratuitous yeah it's like where the fuck have i been yeah no for real no gambit in this one unfortunately damn it but man it was a, it, it was good the story, I'm, I'm almost at the point where i'm gonna boycott all the foxes like movies i man just just until you know they bring what? i don't even it. know i don't know was logan a fox movie i don't know yeah. if it was those x-men related if fox if if logan is a fox movie i has i tell you to hold whoa, whoa yourself whoa you need to see this movie first and two reasons one as i said they they do it justice it is a damn good movie from action to story to everything in between but also mm-hmm. the fact that you kind of you kind of get the idea from the trailer. I mean, this is going to be kind of an end cap to at least maybe this portion of the X Men movies. Yeah. So if this if this is the last one you watch, make this the last one you watch. You know, don't don't let fucking Wolverine the last one be the last. Let this one be the one. Go out on a good note because I I got my money on this will be a really good note for my, you. My good note would probably be Deadpool too. Yeah, which which there's a have you seen the Deadpool two trailer? Yeah, yeah. They that's in this movie. Not not okay. You know how when you go to a movie theater, you have the you have the trailers at the beginning of the movie. They show you movies coming out, and then the theater dims, and then you see the movie. Yeah. Well, the Deadpool trailer in this movie is not in the trailer section. This movie starts with that trailer as if like it's part of the movie. It's so fucking weird, <laughs> but really cool. That's cool. It's very good movie. Uh. If I did have a gripe, and this goes really to all of them, for two reasons. If I had a if I had a gripe with this movie, is that where where the fuck are Wolverine's, Logan's, whatever, like tried and true enemies in these movies? Where is Omega Red? You know, where's Cyber? Where where are these Blood Scream? Where are all these enemies that he is known for having these one on one like Fox never cared about any of that. I agree. I agree. Fox and never cared about any of that. And that's kind of a negative thing that I would say about this movie is that the the villains, because there are a couple of them, are rather throwaway. Mm-hmm. The massive amount of throwaway they're almost like a bunch of you know, really beefed up special forces kind of guys that he fights. Yeah. With you know a head honcho and and you know a doctor that's that's over it all and all this shit, um, you won't you won't you're not gonna see somebody in there that's like oh, he's fighting fucking Omega Red. Hey, no, it's just it's it's a guy he's fighting Doctor Robotnik. Doc- <laughs> fighting I just Doctor <laughs> Octopus. 
<laughs> it's like, what? Now <laughs> He pulls out a Spider-Man villain, and he's like, oh, God. But there's that, and also uh, the point, too, that's, that's negative for all the X-Men movies, that even when they do have heroes and villains alike, I just never feel like they do them justice enough. Like, uh, and again, our friend could just tell you boatloads of things about p- characters like Rogue, but Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all. I grew up with the X Men cartoon. I know the reverence that Apocalypse spoke with. I didn't know his lore until I didn't know all of his lore until I went and read the shit. Mm-hmm. But that is a awesome and cool and powerful being. And they fucked that up. They fucked that he, up. He did, he had no ambition. He was just like, oh, I feel like destroying the world. They had I think, this, I'll, I think I'll get started on that. They they so okay. Here's the thing: Apocalypse shows through actions that he's powerful in the comics and in the cartoon. But they overly emphasized in that movie how powerful he is. He could just turn someone. Spoilers for the X Men uh, Apocalypse, whatever extravaganza movie that was titled. Uh-huh. Uh, he could just turn somebody to dust. He could flick his finger and like cut four people's heads off and just I can just will existence. I got that idea from the cartoon without him doing any of that shit. Yeah. So it's not only the fact that that you don't see Wolverine fighting, you know, these staple villains. It's that when he does fight or even when the X-Men as a whole fight these villains, you don't really you don't really care. I, I really, really, really hope that uh, the Infinity movies are going to be great. I, I have full trust in these. They, they should be good. They haven't let me down so far. Well, that's because Marvel's doing it. Yeah, Marvel has their hand in it. And even if they don't follow exactly 100% canon, I enjoy the canon that they're writing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't... If but somebody they, was at to, the same time, they try to stay true to their own characters. Exactly, and, they make it feel know. like it. They don't follow. They, this is like an argument we, that I made about video game movies. Yeah. You don't exactly have to. If you made a Final Fantasy VII movie and you span it out to a trilogy or five movies, if you if you didn't follow the exact script, I would give you leeway if it still felt like Final Fantasy. Yeah. You know, if you gave Cloud a well, fucking, they, they made a Final Fantasy movie. Anyway, and it was, if it you was, gave uh, Cloud like a suit and he was actually a special forces guy and he's got all this fucking special force gear on, he carries a sword like he was uh, this uh, this company known as Shin Dash RA One. I have faith in the Avengers movies to do to keep their canon moving forward and not infringe on themselves. They yeah. haven't been following comics. That's not the problem. The X Men movies. Not only did they not follow canon of the comics properly, but what they gave us was like, uh... They were, it was just another plot with X-Men paint slapped on it. Exactly. That's what it felt like. So... It was like some idiot who thought he knew better than, you know, the people who had sold millions of issues of comic books. Right. Came up and said, well, you know, it would make more sense if Rogue was, like, crushing on Wolverine. Yeah. You know, and this gonna this is gonna tie well into what our topic is for today. But yes, yeah. it's, it's it's focus tested. It's I imagine the people that sat in a room 
with with the directors and the writers of the X Men movies, and they were just touting like, "Whoa, here's this really cool thing that happened in this comic series of X Men. Oh, and here's this villain they fought, and here's this storyline, and here's this like 15 page saga. I mean, 15 episode saga that went on with this it, with this uh, enemy and this friendship of the galaxy." Blah, blah, blah. And they just went, "Yeah, that's cool. We're not doing any of that." Nope. We're just going to skim over the pamphlets. We're going to look over the flaps, and we're going to take things that we want, and w- when we see it's a cool idea, we're just going to re-engineer the cool idea to what we think is cool. Mm-hmm. And when the audience watched these, they were like, this is not that. No, is it? This is not that cool. No, I'm some the juggernaut. Some, okay. oh. some, some of it was okay, and that's because Fox poured money into it to make good special effects, like the first X-Men movie. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, you know, and the second X-Men movie wasn't too bad yeah, It was either. pretty good. I enjoyed the that The third one. one is where they just completely lost their shit. Yeah, the third one was, that was your Final Fantasy uh, eight. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they were like, all right, you guys are, mm-mm. This yeah, is you're, just, you're just fucking this Hey, up. guys, we have like eight more movies coming out. Mm-mm, no. No, I don't want it. If they're like this, it's going to be bad. But I, I don't want any more of this. So yeah, so I watched Logan. It's very good. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's oh man, it's it's it, it's good. It hits you in a lot of good places. Has a lot of good feels. It's got a lot of good action. It's oh, got yeah. a good story. It's worth a watch. And again, if you decide to give up on the X Men, bro, you have my full. I, I, I'm there with you. But let this one be the last one because I feel it would be a good send off for so you. So what, what's the other movie that you watched? Uh, not not really a popular style of movie, but I watched uh, Split. It's the M Night Shyamalan movie. It's got oh God. Uh, it's got well, hold on. It's got James McAvoy in it. Oh God. Which that doesn't say much. I mean, that's the equivalent of saying there's an Assassin's Creed movie, and we've got uh, what's his name playing the actor. Oh God, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. But the actor doesn't make the movie. I get that. Antonio Banderas. Y- yes, Antonio. Ooh, wow. What? How? How would have that have been if uh, Assassin's Creed? Did you know that in <laughs> Spanish, Antonio Banderas's name means Anthony Flag? Wow. No, I didn't. Now you know. Now I, that's his thank name you. is Anthony Flag. Because the only thing that I relate to Flag is is Randall Flag from the Stephen King's books. You know, like it. I mean, not it, but a stand and whatnot. The stand, yeah, Randall. Anyway, uh, I, I'm not going to gush too much about this movie. It was actually very, very good for a sh- for a Shyamalan movie. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't heard the premise of this movie, it's about a guy that suffers from uh, multiple AIDS. personality disorder. I uh, think they call it DID. I guess dis- disassociative identity disorder. Yeah, whatever I whatever DID stands for, I equate I, I equate it to multiple personalities. Okay. And, the cool thing about this movie, and I've done no research, I'm no fucking psychologist, so I probably got this bass backwards and completely wrong, but I've always associated people that have multiple personality disorder as having like two, three, maybe even four personalities. They can talk to themselves and have all these traits about all these mm-hmm. four things. This guy has 23. Spoiler. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And they're... They they go at length. If you do go research this stuff, apparently it is true. Like, they have cases where... Uh, they even mention it in a movie where this person had two multiple personalities, and the the main personality had a de- degenerative eye disorder to where, as a child, he was losing his sight, and then as an adult, I think in like his early twenties, he completely lost his sight. He was blind. His multiple personality, his other personality, could see just fine. So somehow the the other personality 
like took over and made the main person start seeing and he just basically willed himself to see again crazy shit like that uh movie's very good it has a it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have a twist at the end you know how most Shyamalan movies have that that <gasps> there's that twist there's what we cared in the With movies the for this one doesn't necessarily have that oh now the plot is twisted it's just the very very last scene. the very last scene is a <gasps> oh shit it is definitely ah. it is a big hint for an upcoming sequel that I guess he's working on for Unbreakable 2 with that twist so uh, it's an, again. If you get a chance, watch it whenever it comes out. Check it out; it's pretty good. But I, 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 I highly recommend Logan. I, if if you're not into those kind of movies with Shyamalan and you think that might not be your bag, that's understandable. It was very good. But Logan, <sighs> highly impressed. It's a good, good fucking thumbs up. And I hope, I sincerely hope, Fox is really fucking looking at movies specifically Deadpool. And Logan. I sincerely hope that they go bankrupt and have to sell that back to Marvel. Yeah, me too. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. The thing is, do you think Marvel Cinematic, the the Marvel Studios would go R-rated? Do you think they would? Maybe. If it was like Deadpool, they probably would. Yeah. I mean, if it was if Deadpool. If it makes sense to go R-rated, then they'll go R-rated. Because there's some dark fucking shit in Marvel Comics. Yeah. For whatever blah. I mean, guys, you're listening to a video game podcast. If you think us gushing over comics is odd, I mean, really? We're, we talk, we gush about games. But there is some deep stories in X-Men comic lore, in Marvel movie, in Marvel uh, comic lore, period. Yeah. And there's some Could you imagine going to the theater and seeing, like, fucking Magneto and Wolverine actually have that fucking Point where Magneto is ripping the fucking adamantium out of Wolverine through his pores, yeah. bloody and fucking screaming, totally fucking and eyes crazy. rolling in the back of his head like that would be. But I don't. I think remember one instance in the actual like um, X Men cartoon mm-hmm. where it they were fighting this this thing and it had like the power to just manipulate reality within like so many feet, uh-huh. and so they're sitting there fighting it and. He grabbed Wolverine and like twisted and contorted his body. Oh God! And Wolverine did the thing that Wolverine does best. Mm. He let go. The guy got too far away, so like Wolverine stopped like twisting and contorting and just fell to the ground. Mm-hmm. He sat up on one knee and cried like a bitch. <laughs> you can Google this. Wolverine cries like a bitch in the X Men cartoon. Just- it's fucking great cries like a little you know, bitch giving all the shit that Wo- that logan has been through in his comic book lore i, I would I, I would grant him some crying allowance here and there he also in one of the alternate universes you know uh everybody knows quicksilver and uh and scarlet witch yeah 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 that was a fucking yeah, they're brother and sister right uh yes yeah yes okay that's pretty well known well mm-hmm. there's one universe where wolverine is actually their father oh not only that, Wolverine is their father and they're lovers. Huh. Not only that, but they're still brother and sister. They're lovers. They have sex and Wolverine watches. All right, so this apparently is turning into let's let's so let's, let's, let's bash get, Wolverine. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, this is the kind of shit Adam. Wolverine does. God. Okay. So I'd, 
this shit got weird, didn't it? I hope you're all feeling as weird as I did when I felt this shit. I was like, oh my god, what the hell, Wolverine? Wolverine's like, oh yes. See, when yes, I think of children. Logan, I don't think of that shit. When I think of Wolverine, I think of the, the first thing that comes to mind is reading that list years ago of all the ways that Wolverine has come close to death and not died. Mm-hmm. Like, because the big staple one that everybody goes to is that apparently he was atomized at one point or down to a cellular level, one of the two, and he were, and he, he came back. He came from back that. like perfect cell. That's I get how that's 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 above and beyond ridiculous. I get that, but there are some other cool things that have happened to him, like him crushed underneath a fucking glacier, and the only way he survived was eating was self cannibalization. He's been ripped. He was ripped in half by the Hulk, and apparently Hulk like threw his two pieces like apart from each other, and he crawled back to himself. Uh, he said each one formed its own little Wolverine. Yeah, that would be something. He uh, he's like thrown into a volcano and survived. The the fucking adamantium thing is that's the one that always that's the cringe one from not cringe in a negative way, but like oh god, oh wow, wow. He's been through some shit. Yeah, he can cry a little bit at him. It's so it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. What he's done cannot be forgiven. Well, you can just hate Wolverine. All I don't hate him just because I don't he's hate the Wolverine. cool X Man. Who I just I, I just look at him and I go, wow. You know they've overplayed the shit out of this character. I understand. I mean, he's they've overplayed the shit out of this character. It's not cool that everybody's like, "Oh man, let me get up on his nuts." Wasn't it uh, the Deadpool kills the Marvel universe? And when he got to Wolverine, he was like, "You know, the reason why you stay alive is not because of your healing factor. It's because of fan service." Yep. <laughs> it's like straight up called him out. Straight up called him out. <laughs> straight up called him out. He was like in this giant maze of traps. Uh huh. He was like, you know, he had like, I can't remember who he kidnapped and put in the middle of it, but Wolverine was like hell bent on getting her back. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, nobody fucking likes you. <laughs> That's your, your Deadpool. <laughs> That's what it is. You're Deadpool. You just hate on I Wolverine. I am Deadpool. Because he's cooler than you and he's a, he's taller and Australian. Well, now, now Deadpool is starting to get that way. Uh, good. Now, good. Deadpool is starting to get where oh, nobody knew about Deadpool and now. I mean, it's it's kind of hipster to hate something once everybody starts liking it, but yeah. once it starts to be like everybody and their fucking brother is just like, oh, gush about Deadpool, gush about, it starts getting sickening. Well, see, this is I'll tell you something. This is this is not this is spoiler ish, I guess, but not really. Mm-hmm. That trailer at the beginning of Logan. Okay, so you said you saw the Deadpool two trailer. Yeah. So did I. Did you in the in the trailer that you watched when Deadpool was in when he, when he was inside the uh, phone booth and he was changing clothes? Do you remember a section where he made a phone call where he was trying to call somebody to figure I out or something vaguely about that? Yeah. Right. Did you also remember that at the end, whenever that whenever it faded out, he started talking about Wolverine again. He started talking about Hugh Jackman and started doing that fucking Australian accent shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the trailer in the movie Logan, those two parts are not in there, and I think they took the one out because apparently he was making a phone call to the person who made his outfit. He was mm-hmm. making a joking phone call because he couldn't put his gloves on right or something. So they probably took that one out to save time, and possibly not everybody recognizes the name of the person he called right off the bat. Uh-huh. But when he made the Hugh Jackman joke, I, this is what I'm hoping. 
it they made it a big, big funny thing in Deadpool One where he was always making fun of Logan. He was always making fun of Hugh Jackman. He was when you had the fucking Hugh Jackman face over his yeah. and he showed him on the talked about he was the sexiest man. Like it was a big running joke throughout the movie that he had this love hate relationship with Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. But that was also in the Deadpool Two trailer, the one that we saw. The one that in the movies, they took that part out. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the reason why they did that is because they're not going to spend Deadpool 2 just treading back over all the same jokes of the first one. You know, there is a wealth of humor in Deadpool in general. You don't have to go back to the Negasonic's name being weird. You don't have to, you don't have to punch Colossus in the nuts again. You don't have to talk again about how there were no X-Men in the mansion, but those two, you don't have to constantly harp on Hugh Jackman again. I really hope the Deadpool sequel is not just a, yay, he's making that joke again. So I hope because I don't want Deadpool 2 to be bad. I want it to be great. I want it to be at least just as good and shockingly funny. Yeah, as you know what one. I'm looking at? I just want it to be a good movie. And if it's as good or better than the original, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But I'm not thinking it's going to be. You think? Yeah, I think that's you think a it's high gonna standard get sequel- to live up it's to. It's going to get sequelized? I mean, you know, there's only so much material you can, you can tread. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that point where... You know, you've already covered most of Deadpool's bases, which were fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he can, he he doesn't give a shit, and he'll you know he'll give people really terrible fucking advice and et cetera. You know, it, once you get to that point where you've just burnt all you know his major tropes, all you can do is rehash them because that's all the comics really do. Well, we'll see. We'll be the judge. That Deadpool two isn't out till two thousand eighteen, so we have a long time Deadpool to wait. Deadpool two is out right now. If you come to my house, yeah, yep. Come this is an invite house. to all our audience. Come to your house. You can just I come don't to think my house. You do that. <laughs> think you want to do that? You just come. <laughs> you just come to my house, and I'll show you Deadpool two. I have it on Blu ray. Is it down in your basement? It's down in my basement. You always have the key on your neck, like that's that. right. <laughs> I keep it. I, I don't want people to get too close to the screen, so I put them in little cages so they can't get too close. You know, speaking of which, speaking of 2018, that's going to be a pretty kicker year for uh, movies because we're going to have the Infinity War and apparently Deadpool 2 in the same year. Yeah. Cool. Cool Cool stuff. Super cool. So that's the movie. That's the movie scene for me. I'll watch those two. Pretty good. I recommend both of them. I just really highly recommend Logan for you or anybody else that hasn't seen it. Uh, game wise, oh boy, old Demon Souls. Did you finally beat Demon Souls? <sighs> no. <laughs> no, no, I, I like I said last episode, I will be slowly, you know, chipping my way through that game. That's the way the game is designed. So I beat the. the <laughs> so I got to the next boss of the next area. Mm-hmm. So now I'm on that fresh path where I've got to, you know, cut a swath through all these enemies. Um, I made it to that boss. I, and so my first go back when I, when I finally sat down and went, all right, I'm killing all these enemies. I'm even killing those three badass ones that are in my way. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm going to go in that fog gate and whatever boss is there, I'm just going to fucking do what we do. You're just going to fuck them. I'm probably going to die because I don't know what the fuck it is or what's going on. I'm just going to go learn and hopefully I don't have to die to this guy 50 times and go through these 20, 30, 50 enemies every fucking time. 
Mm-hmm. So I killed the enemies, had a shitload of souls. And actually right then I was like, yeah, this is actually kind of a lot of souls too. Maybe I want to go back and spin them. Man, fuck it. Let's do this. So I walked through the fall gate and it's a giant, it's, it's, it's a guy. It's a person. I saw the cut scene of the guy. I start to go fight him and he runs past me. I had saved an NPC in the level earlier. And that NPC without being summoned was in that fight. The, the boss didn't even fucking register me. He just ran past me, and these two dudes started fighting. I was like, oh, okay. And they're beating the fuck out of each other. Damn. So I get in there, and I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking jab you with my sword, bitch. Yeah, yeah. And I killed him. I was like, I, I didn't ask for your help. Because, you know, normally in these Souls games, you have to summon somebody to help you. Yeah. No, this guy was, like, apparently just there. He's like, oh, actually, I remember when I saved him. I talked to him and got his dialogue, and he says he said something that roundabout was like, "Oh motherfucker, I'm I'm, I'm gonna get that ass now, hell yeah, I'm free." And I was like, "I don't know who you're talking about, dude, but okay, you're free." And then I go in that <laughs> boss fight, and he's just like, "Come on, bitch, yeah." So I killed that guy and spent the spent the next several hours in the next area. It is a very short area. There's about four or five little throwaway enemies, but there's about five or six really badass guys. Mm-hmm. Made it through the badass guys after several type times of dying because two of them are on a fucking stairwell, and it's just... I found that the red-eyed knights that have a giant claymore and they dual-wield those, they don't have a shield, so their defense is shit, but when they hit you, they can one-shot you. Yep. They just, and you're dead. I have been sliced in the back. I can't tell you how many. I just died, just, uh, and I just slash right down my back. So I made it through this area, and I get out, and I'm on a rampart. And before I even step out there, a cutscene happens. And I'm like, all right, what am I watching now? And a fucking blue dragon appears. And the blue dragon oh, just shit. starts breathing fire all across the fucking rampart. I'm like, oh, all right. And he's... For one, he's blowing fire and killing these two enemies that are out there, but I have to make it through this fire to get past him. Oh, yeah. So, number one, so number one, I already had about 10, 15 deaths just getting to this area. Then I had another, oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 deaths trying to time the fucking fire where I can run across this rampart and get from one safe zone to the other. Mm-hmm. So then once I got past that area... I walk up to this next area, and I'm behind him. I'm like, okay, so maybe is he going to move? Do I get to kill him from here? Does he not Does he not care? I step, and he flies off. I'm like, okay, so every time I come here, I have to go through this fire. I have to time this fire and go through him. I start going up the stairway to the next area. Number one, that NPC guy that was just killing a boss is here again, and mm-hmm. the fucking dragon appears on the fucking roof blowing fire again. I'm like, God damn it. So now I'm going to dodge this motherfucking fire. And I see the NPC guy shooting arrow. He's either shooting crossbow bolts or regular arrows up at him. And he's doing very small, I mean like 15 points of damage. Mm-hmm. So I pull out my bow and arrow and I start doing three and four points of damage. I'm like, I, I, I imagine it would be nice if I killed this guy, but I'm not killing him. I pulled out my fucking wand. I shot some soul arrows at him. Again, 15, 20 points of damage. Fucking nothing to this dragon. Mm-hmm. So then I spent another. So one, I there's deaths of me going through the first area. There's deaths of me trying to get the first flame timing down, and now there's deaths of me trying to get the flame timing of where he is now. So once I finally start getting past all this shit, I make it to an elevator. I go up the elevator. Boss time. Fall gate right there. 
Damn. Got into the boss. Didn't know his patterns. Didn't know shit. It was an old King Allen, I believe his name. Mm-hmm. And he beat my ass. And I was like, okay. I remember when I first got into this area, I had a choice. I could take the right path, and that's where I'm supposed to go. But if I take a left, there was a gate there. I must have missed a shortcut. I had to have. No, Adam. There is no shortcut. So every time that I wanted to go fight old King Allen, I had to go through that basic bitch area. I had to go through the fucking flames of hell. And then I had to go through flames of hell again. I had to get that timing down. You don't have to do that if you kill a dragon. I, I, well, I can't because my I don't have a good yeah, enough. You need to just grab your nuts and spit. Yeah, I don't have the, the I'm not going to do I'm not Dark Souls wanting this where I want the fucking dragon going. I just do 15 points of damage for three hours and kill the guy. I'm not doing that. So, so here's where it gets real good. Got through them, got through them. I mean, I'm, we're talking. It, it takes. It took me about an hour every time to to stop doing the bullshit. I finally worked a pattern where I could basically run past all the basic bitch enemies in the first area. I don't mm-hmm. have to fight any of them. I was like, oh cool, I've got that down. I now know how to do that. You can still die because, again, when you're going up the stairs, the fucking dude with the double-handed claymore tracks your ass, and he tracks you deadly. So even when you try to run around him, there are times where he just does like a two-hit combo. His first hit misses you, but his second hit slashes you in the back, and you're dead. So th- there's a there's a 50-50 shot you're going to die every time you just go, you just go by him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get through him. I get through the fire, I get up the elevator, I get to the boss room, I say, okay, I've got a good amount of health items, let's take this shit more seriously this time, let's focus on this guy, let's pull the defensive move, let's just hold my shield up and just keep a distance and get his patterns down. And I did, I started seeing what his attacks was, I, st- I started to seeing how I could block things, I started, s- he had he has one move where he fucking charges his sword up for about 10 seconds, and when he slams it into the ground, he like blows a wave out through the whole arena. And mm-hmm. apparently that shit has some range. It will one-shot you, and it has fucking range. So you can't just like, oh, I'm going to backstep three times. No, that bitch. You need to turn the fuck around. You need to turn around and run and go to a corner and hope you miss it. Now, that that was that boss that I told you that if you're a mage, it's a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. A lot easier to fight that guy yeah. as a mage. So I fought him. So I'm, I'm just trying to preface all of this that just – as, as you know, but so the audience knows, every time I had to go fight this guy, it wasn't so bad that I had to kill 20, 30 enemies. It was just the, man, some shit's going to happen. You might not make it. The, yep. You might have mistimed that fire by like half a second, and the fire's going to one-shot you. You may have mistimed running around that guy, and he knocks you off the edge, and then when you get down there, somebody kills you. You yep. might mistime the, the run around him, and he'll stab you in the fucking face or stab you in the back. I mean, there's you're risking every time. So there's a short way to get to him, but it's not a one guarantee. You can't just walk through a gate from the starting area and you're done. So every time I got to this guy, it was a fucking challenge. It was a, man, I hope I make it. I hope I make it. I hope I make it. So four, five, six, I don't know, ten times of me doing that, learning this boss's pattern, learning what he's doing, I'm fighting him a couple days ago, and I'm doing good. I'm not in a zone. I've just I'm reading him. I'm 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 being very disciplined. I'm not fucking charging in. I'm not doing eight hit combos. You're I'm, not you're not over extending yourself. Yes, I'm just getting enough hits in where I do a decent amount of damage, and I'm backing the fuck off, and I'm letting his doing thing. I'm blocking things. I'm rolling away from things. I'm doing a good job. Yeah. It, it, it 
I'm doing like 114, 15 points of damage. So it's taking me hitting this guy like 50 plus times to end up killing him. I'm chipping away. I'm fucking doing the damn thing. I'm dodging. I mm. found out that when he does that charge move where he charges a sword and blows the wave out, if you stab him with the heart attack, it, it staggers him. It, it knocks him out of that. So that was a save for me. I now know how to get around that. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 whittling this motherfucker down, and I'm going from sitting back in my seat to being like you know leaning up. forward. I'm leaning forward. You're just like yeah. I was wiping my Shit's thumbs. I was down. drying my hands off. I was just all right. Come on, because this is the mode. You know this mode, Adam. Mm-hmm. You get in this fucking boss killing kick ass mode, and I'm doing the damn thing. I'm fucking getting him down, and I broke one of the cardinal fucking rules of any Souls game. I got fucking greedy. Audience, yep. when you play these games, if you have a pattern, I don't care if it's if if it's doing a big amount of damage or if it, you're having to chip his ass down. Do not get greedy. When you think victory is right fucking there, don't try to go out in a blaze of glory. Don't don't start doing big ass combos and flipping around. Just do the fucking bare bitch shit that you've been doing and kill the motherfucker. I had him down. I, I wish I could have screenshot. I, I would have thought to screenshot it. Well, I can't because it was on the PS3. But, I mean, I can, but I didn't think about it. I had that fucker down, Adam. Literally one more hit, and that boss would have been dead. And I got fucking greedy. I ro- He did a move, and I rolled out of the way, and then I went in, and I went to go like, yeah, yeah, slash him three or four times and get some like little small hicks in, and that fucker went one, two, three, dead. <laughs> and my wife had just woken up. Thank God she just woke up and wasn't asleep because I was like, God, mother fucker. She's like, I, I, lo- I don't know what's going on, but I love you, <laughs> my sweet wife. No. I was so mad. I looked I, like she came in, and I, I was just I was staring at the floor, just just shaking, pistol shaking in just, my hand. No, I, was, I, I was so mad. Now. I had the adrenaline of doing really good in the fight and being in that mode of I'm gonna yep. get your ass you're just to, like, yep, yep, to you're in that you're in that zone, and then just done. It ain't like it's an RPG where they do that one move that it takes you down to one hit points. No, it was a, hey, this is a combo you've been dodging for the past 20 minutes, bro. One, two, three, you're fucked. Bye. Dead. And it was... (laughs) Fortunately, today, after going back and trying a guy a few times, I beat him today. So he is done and out of the way. Good job. Uh, I just, you just, you, you got to keep your discipline on you. Now, this is also saying that even when you get further down the road, if you really wanted to, and me and Adam both would probably say this with slight respect, if you wanted to in these Souls games, if you find a place where you can go farm Souls, which again, Souls are your currency, you can use those to level yourself up, you can use them to upgrade your weapons, if you do find a reliable source of souls and you just spend hours or days just grinding the fuck out of souls and you go level yourself up several levels and just make your your weapons uber, you're going to have a slightly easier time. Yes, we'll give you that. If that's the mode you want to do, if that's what the route but you choose. But that's only slightly. That's only slightly. You cannot outnumber this game. This is not an RPG. You can't get your shit kicked in and, oh, I'm going to go fucking level up for two hours and then I'm going to come back and all my magic is way up and my attack's up and I'm just going to wipe you out. It don't. 
you got to respect that game. The first enemy you run into, whatever mo, whatever thing you do to kill him, you need to kind of do around about the same thing. That's not saying that there's no room for creativity. It's just, again, to the game's credit, there are very few places or times in that game where you just fucking no armor, no shield, just waylay, stomp somebody with reckless abandon. Mm. I mean, of course, if you're trying to go for like a deprived run where you're very underleveled and you're using the weakest bear bitch stuff, yeah, you can do that. But even doing that, you're going to be dodging and maneuvering for your life's sake because you're on a one-hit wonder. You get shot one time, you're dead. No. Still fun, still enjoyment. The The biggest takeaway from that is, uh, and again, when I beat that guy, I was like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, I told you I was going to come back. Yes. And then you did. That game has. And you got the three piece and a biscuit put on your ass. And it's back to the game over screen. There are multiple times in this game where you're going to, it's, it's fucking control breaking rage. But there are equally as many, if not more times where you're like, yes. Yes, this game is full of them. These games are full of them. It, it, it's really good when you figure out, you finally figure out like what makes an enemy tick and mm-hmm. how to counter their shit. Yep. You know, but up until that point, it's just fucking controller breaking rage. Yes. yes. But that's what makes the highs high. Yeah. Is how low the lows are. Exactly. When you have to fight for these things, it's good. When you have to step back and actually take the thing seriously and not just, you know, just kind of half eyes open, just, oh, I'll just go level for a while or I'll just go buy this this invincibility item. No, you got to work, but it's a fun work. You have to is, earn it. It is a, yes, it is a rewarding, a very rewarding experience all the way around. Let's talk about Mass Effect. Oh, God. Not a list, not a, not a list. Let's just... Let's just talk about Mass Effect. Okay. Well, when's the last let's time, talk about Mass Effect. Yeah. When's the last time you played the Mass Effect games, been into the I Mass actually Effect. went through the entire series again Yeah. for Andromeda. So you have a pretty, a somewhat fresh... Somewhat fresh, yeah. ...take on all this. Yeah. So you would have... been a couple weeks. Damn weeks. Okay. I played... My, I, I was starting to do the same thing, not for the same reason, just because I wanted to go back to the series again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played Mass Effect 1 about a month and a half, two months ago. Played it all the way through. Enjoyed it. Yep. Made it probably 10, 15 hours into Mass Effect 2. And understandably, I started playing other games. You know, other games will get in your way. Yeah. There was there was that uh, Souls side-scrolling type game, The Salt and Sanctuary, I started playing. And then I started playing mm-hmm. Dark Souls 2, so... But mainly, and I think you would agree with me 100% when I say this, the main reason why I stopped playing Mass Effect 2 is because Mass Effect fucking sucks. Wow. I think you would completely agree with me here. Wow. I think you are on Team Michael about... I don't think I'm on Team Michael about that I, at all. I think Not even a little bit. I think you want to be on my side on this. Right, why why not, do you think it sucks? Why, why does Mass Effect suck? Adam, if you're not on my side, we're about to have a fucking battle. Okay, well, let's do it, then. We're about to have a fucking battle okay. over Mass Effect. So why does Mass Effect 1 suck? No. No. Mass Effect 1 doesn't suck. Okay. Mass Effect 1 was very good for all the reasons I've listed in prior podcasts. Okay. Uh, the, the characters were good. The story, just because of the fucking antagonist alone, the overarching villain theme was just oh, so good. 
Okay. So very good. But now, admittedly, I can go back to that game and I can look at the things that I see were obviously flaws. You have to remember how old this game was. For for uh, if we're talking right now, mm-hmm. the game has some age on it. Yeah, the the battle mechanics were a little quirky. Yeah, the cover mechanics were a little off. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the some of the hit collision, the the, the stuff when you were driving the maker around, it was kind of awkward. Yeah, I get that. Okay, but for what it was back then, if you were to play it in that mindset, it was really good. Okay, Mass Effect Two. <sighs> That's my Final Fantasy VIII, motherfucker. That okay. one right there. So what? So what about it? What about it is so bad? Well, it's funny you mention that because my secret weapon for today. <laughs> I'm pulling this shit out the woodwork. Oh, I made man. a Facebook post ages ago. Uh, for those that don't remember the story, uh, I started the Mass Effect games because of Adam's recommendation. He wanted me to play. He talked and talked and talked and talked about Mass Effect 2. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, is this one of those games where I can just roll into Mass Effect 2? And he said, eh, you probably could because the second game is set up to where you can kind of get the bait, the big plot points at the beginning. But if you can, you really should play the first. And that's my mentality. I like to, I, I like to try to play the beginning I like to game. get in on the ground level. Exactly. So I started out with Mass Effect 1, and I fucking loved it. I remember coming to work every time we, we were at work together and just talking about all these cool things in Mass Effect 1. I was like, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to get into Mass Effect 2. And I got into Mass Effect 2, and the more I played it, the more I was not upset, not like, eh, this is bad. I was pissed the fuck off with this game. This game is one of the biggest argument points for me against the the giant fucking conglomerate corporation that EA has become. Damn. I now have a phrase where, oh, that game's been EAized. That's a silly word. EAized. Yeah, it's huh. been EA'd. That game got EA'd. And what I mean by that is, and EA is not the only culprit, but any game to where they have their own uh, directing crew, their own production crew, their own, their own, their own publisher, if the original game is set the way it is, and they say, okay, we're going to not maybe sell or partner this IP to a bigger company to get a bigger audience. The company comes in and says, okay, motherfuckers, this is how we want it done. And that's how I take EA's take on mass effect. Man, I can see a little bit of it, but I, I don't, I don't agree with you that it's, it went in a different direction than it should have. You have to you have to keep in mind mass effect two is not the only game that I've seen this done with. This was just, this was the last nail in the straw for me for companies to do period. This was a point where I was like, okay, straws? huh? Yeah. This, this was a point where I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm fucking tired of seeing this. I'm tired of seeing games have a really good idea and then get pushed to another company and the company comes in and just tries to mass appeal. We want to. We we really want to focus test these things. We really want to try to appeal to what's what's the hip new cool thing going out right now. What 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 are what are people really liking? And let's just ditch the old stuff. We need to get rid of that. Nobody land. Fuck Mass Effect Two for the bullshit that it let happen. So I went back and I now, found what, what is the bullshit. I here's you we're gonna you haven't go. singled anything out yet. I singled some. I got nothing out. to argue against. Well. <laughs> I went Nothing. back to a Facebook post that I made a long time ago, oh, and I man. listed about 15 different points that 
of examples of what I did not like in this game, and we can go over them. Okay, if you'd like, let's go. Let's go over them. Let's then. do this. So this is direct. This is directly quoting me from a Facebook. I'm, I'm also interested. I did not pre-read these. I just I want to see what it's like. You know, years down the road, if my opinions are still the same, and I have a have a have a idea that they are still the same. Uh, so here we go. I have quite a few initial gripes about Mass Effect 2 that I can't believe aren't being echoed by my fellow gaming brethren. I'll post them, but I can tell this while being an ongoing, but I can tell this will be an ongoing rant. Bioware, why oh why did you let EA get their greedy, filthy hands on this game, great game franchise? For starters, I severely dislike being forced to play a puppet to some corporation, with the only explained reason being, well, they brought you back to life. The Council Alliance at least felt like a noble pursuit. This corporation nonsense just feels weird. This game... Where did you get that out of Mass Effect 2? This, I'll tell you, You Adam, need to replay the game. Adam, I did. I started. And this is, this is point one. It comes right off the fucking bat. Okay. The game pulls a fucking deus ex machina right off the bat. They kill Shepard. Oh, f- oh whoops. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. I'm sorry I gave that one away, but if you are planning on playing Mass Effect 2 and or 3, they follow that. Like, that's a big fucking deal with them. The reason why Shepard is working for Cerberus is because Cerberus was nice enough to bring him back to life because he fucking died. Now, from the story part of this... Spoilers with Shepard dying. The story I get. Okay, he did something and he got killed, and Cerberus said, Okay, we can have him as a tool for us. If we bring him back to life, we can basically use Shepard. Now, from a story perspective, if you, Adam, are just telling me that, hey, that's a, yeah, I could follow that. I, it, it, the what, fact that the I, game I, oh, let man, that happen. I disagree happen, so much with this. The game let that happen, and it was like a very, it happens at the beginning of the fucking, that's something you put it close At the to beginning the, of the game, he's going up, cleaning up the Geth. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, well, the Geth are still out there. I have to mop them up. Yes. Okay, so I'm doing mop-up operations, and they're, they're kind of irked about it because they shouldn't be doing mop-up operations. They should be going after the Reapers. Which I agree with. They okay, should. the Reapers go, well, this motherfucker, this motherfucker right here was the reason that we didn't succeed in the first place. Let's make sure this son of a bitch is dead. Mm-hmm. And they hit him, and they hit him hard, and they hit him unexpectedly. They know that ships have been going missing in this little quadrant. Oh God, that goes on another one. We can keep going. But uh, they knew that the they knew that the ship were going were going missing in that quadrant, and they ran into the fucking collector vessel. Collector vessel goes in there. It has them way outgunned, way out teched, completely obliterates the Normandy. Mm-hmm. Shepard dies. <sighs> okay, Shepard dies, and he doesn't die because. You know, he was doing some bullshit. He was doing the shepherd thing and completely and utterly, you know, helping out his crew. Yes. He was like, okay, let me toss my fucking love interest into a fucking escape pod and then go over there and get Joker into an escape pod Mm -hmm. because he's trying to go down with the ship. Yes. So he, it's not out of character at all Mm -hmm. for him to do those actions. Not saying it's out of character. But looking at a gameplay wise... Looking at it gameplay-wise, okay, you're about to make Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it from this perspective. How do you separate Shepard from the crew of the Normandy to get more characters? I don't know. This, this okay, is- well, here, here's a... 
easy cop-out answer. You destroy the Normandy. Yeah. You destroy the Normandy and make time pass. And you just separate them, period. You separate them. Yes. Okay, well, nobody would ever, nobody in Mass Effect 1's crew would ever leave Shepard knowing what they had just been up against and what they were going to be up against in the future. Here's another one. Maybe instead well, wait, of... Wait, wait, we're going over this point first. I'm okay. going to grind this one down to nothing okay. and polish it out all nice and fucking smooth for you I can't wait to before win we one. fucking go. I can't wait to win so, this whole debate. Keep going. Okay. So we go we go through here and we say, okay, well, we need to find a way for Shepard to be away from his crew mm-hmm. for an extended amount of time. They mm-hmm. could have, you know, okay, I understand people with gripes about the whole resurrection thing. Uh, yes. It doesn't quite sit well with me either. Mm-hmm. He could have easily just been laid up in a hospital somewhere, but it served its purpose mm-hmm. plot-wise. Mm-hmm. It served its purpose mecha- game mechanically as well. Okay, so if that's what your point was, it okay, he didn't want to do that. Well, if you play Mass Effect 2, if you replay Mass Effect 2 and actually pay attention to the dialogue... He doesn't trust Cerberus from the get go. Right, let, let's 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 hold off on the on the on the anti Cerberus because that's later. Okay. I, I, I let me also say I should have prefaced this from the get go. I completely understand the whole story of Mass Effect one, two, and three. I get it. Nothing was above and beyond over my head. They did a really good job of fleshing things out and making things make sense. Yeah. I get that it made sense of why he did it. My point is. Maybe that's something that could have been saved for the end of Mass Effect 1. Or maybe Shepard dying could have been a huge fucking Allah sacrifice period for the end of Mass Effect 3 to end the whole series. You don't fucking start the sequel to the first game with the death of the main character. That is fucking stupid. Now, uh, yes, what could they have done? just like your Writers and creators could have had several more talented people than me could have found better ways to go about having him have to go collect new people there are lots of ways that we thought it could have been done he could have been separated and could have been maybe he was fucking paralyzed or maybe he got maybe he got teleported to another fucking galaxy and had to live there and then spent years just trying to figure out how to get to a mass relay and nobody in this galaxy knows who the fuck shepherd is who the fuck knows all of a sudden that becomes a brand new like ordeal for him the, the whole Mass that becomes Effect okay. Well, now Shepard walks with a limp because he was fucking paralyzed for two years. Cool, and then he gets fixed later. I mean, when he gets back, when he gets back yeah. to Normandy, what Doctor Chuck was whatever fixes him. I mean, the point how, is, how did this happen anyway? If he's paralyzed for two fucking years, I don't know. That's not my point. My point is not how they could have wrote it different. My point is they could have wrote it different, and the way they did it was to kill him off at the beginning of the movie. And I thought at the game, and I thought that was just. Man, I did not like. To that. me, it's not a huge. It's not a deal breaking. Okay, it's bad not a deal breaker. It's just a. It's just a a minor like ah. Oh, they could they could have done that better. Well, the but level, moving on. The level of minor to major is subjective. My point of throughout this whole discussion is that these all added up. These mm-hmm. this I have it in my head that you saw enough things in Final Fantasy seven and in eight to make you finally go, man. Fuck this. I saw all these things in one game, and not even a quarter through the game, I was like, this shit's... Fuck this. Oh, no. Final Fantasy VIII got off on the wrong foot and stayed there the entire game. Well, so, moving on. Here's my next point. Uh, Why, oh, why did they feel the need to strip the key players away? I 
hate when a franchise forces new people on you. My old crew grew on me. They were like family. These new people I'm forced to ally with, I I don't like them, nor do I care about them. Wow, that's pretty ruthless. Yes, it is. So now, now, and we'll we're going to have the Mass Effect discussion today as, as a whole, and here we are. So I don't feel too bad about talking about the things that I do like about the characters. I love Zaid. Spoiler: There is a an assassin you find. His name is Zaid, and he's he's this is he has been all over the place. He's effectively like Shepard, but he's been an assassin working for his own means, and been like I've just been I've been through fucking war torn battles. Bruh, he's that. He is that. I've seen some shit, guy. Okay. To the point to where you, when you find him, he stays in the Normandy like everybody else, and you can go down below. And every time you talk to him, he's got a rolling resume of about twenty, thirty different stories. He just hits you up with story. He like, tell you about any single thing in his room. Did I ever tell you about the time I fought this Batarian sniper? Yeah, that fucking blah blah. He just tells you these stories, and you're in, you're just captured by the way he tell. He's he's you see like an old pulse rifle, and he's like, yeah, I remember that baby right there. Been through a lot of battles with her. He just he grows on you as well. Mm-hmm. I also like the uh, I think he was another set. The the I forget his name. The 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 green character with the with the big black eyes, the gills. I think he was dying of a disease. Yeah, the Krell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I he was pretty cool too, mm-hmm. but. My gripe is not necessarily with the new characters in general. I can find things that I love slash like about all of the new characters. Okay. The point is, is that I grew to love the characters from Mass Effect 1. They were, they the were characters in, from Mass Effect 1 still exist. They exist in their own space now. I get it. They wrote Rex to be, well, now Rex has moved up in the world. Now he's not just fighting with Shepard. Now he's the leader of the whole Krogan. And it, I, I get it. Didn't fuck. I don't, that doesn't mean I have to like it. Shep, Shepard had a crew with him that okay. were there at ground fucking zero. But they needed to add more people. They needed to get you away from that original crew to expand it. Yes. Again, okay. I get it. I they get, get that. Okay. Well, you get the, the need for it. You just disagree with the way they did it? Yes. Well, then I disagree with the way they did it and why they did it. Well, what do you mean why they did it? Well, the reason why they did it is cuz now they want to have they want to have fresh faces out there. They want to appeal to more people. They want That's not appealing to more people. Every sequel introduces more fresh faces. That's exa- that's actually what I really meant. I, I I don't agree with that way at all. I I disagree with the fact that they did it period because now it's like, so what's Mass Effect 3 going to come around now? Am I going to lose the crew for Mass Effect 2 to go do other shit? And now I've got new you people? Did. Not completely. You did for the most part, actually. Mm. Mass Effect 3 started off and Shepard was basically incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, shit goes south. Oh, God. Spoilers for Mass Effect 1, 2, 3. You just go ahead and assume that if you haven't played any of these games, yes. the whole damn thing is going to be spoiled yeah, for I'm you. sorry. This is a very spoilerific, spoilerific Mass Effect episode, period. So, anyway, sorry, so not sorry. You have Shepard's basically incarcerated at the end of Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of 3, he's still incarcerated. He goes to face him, face trial for what he's done. And the Reapers attack, and he escapes, and the Normandy's like, yeah, fuck this. And you immediately get one of your Mass Effect 1 crew members back. Mm-hmm. Okay, you immediately get one of your Mass Effect 2 crew members. Actually, you get a brand new crew member. 
So you get a, a brand new crew member for Mass Effect 3. You go there, you find another one of your Mass Effect 2 or 1 crew members. Mm-hmm. And you begin to piece back all these characters. You know, now you have two crews that will fucking die for you. Okay. Instead of just having one. And what I really thought, and this goes back to that whole you hate fucking Cerberus, you had to work for him thing. Yeah. You had to work for the fucking Alliance in the first game. Yeah. You had to suck their big Alliance cocks. Yeah. Okay, you have to suck their big Cerberus cocks in the second game. And I thought that you'd get to choose which cock you wanted to suck in the third game, which would have been the logical way to go. You should have been like, well, I want to lie with the elusive man. They even gave you the fucking choice. In the fucking game, you're like, why can't we work together? And he'd be like, oh, well, come on. We'll be part Cerberus again. And then you go and do fucking Cerberus shit in the third game. That's how they should have done the third game. Yeah. They didn't do it that way. But, but, I can completely agree with them making you choose the exact polar opposite. The, by any, because, I mean, if you think of the Alliance as being the Paragon option. Renegade Shepard would go Cerberus in a fucking heartbeat oh, if yeah. they were what were going to get if they were what was going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And that that's my personal opinion. Renegade Shepard would go Cerberus and fucking love it, right? Because they didn't give a fuck how he got it done, just that he got it done, right? You know. And if you make the Renegade choices in Mass Effect Two, he doesn't quite. You know, he's just like I don't want to be fucking told what to do. I don't want to be put at risk. I don't want you to fuck me. Mm-hmm. You know, but him and the elusive man get along a lot better. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I will get to the point about Cerberus in a minute, and I can really flesh out my discussion about Cerberus. I'm not ready for it yet. Okay. And if if these points don't have it, I will get to it because the but Cerberus thing as a whole that, was a, the concept of you stripping away the old crew. It didn't completely strip away the old crew. It didn't. There was it, some it that paid was still homage there. To, it, it would be like. Um, it pay it paid it paid homage to the the people that you know needed to go do other to, things. to go do other things. You you got to hear from the first thing Shepard did was say, "Well, where the fuck's Maul crew? Adam, where's Tali Zora? Adam. Where's where's Liara? Adam, where's Rex? There is a there is a big difference in this game with this scale of characters and the level of development they go into those characters." With somebody paying a homage to it, and you still having them fucking people right uh, next to for you. For one, two of the characters remained in Shepard's crew. Three, actually. But not all. The entire time. Oh, not but all. not all. But not all. I'm the, sorry. The only one Rex, that's not is Rex. And I'm, you, you, I'm sorry that you wanted to I'm sorry that Rex quad. was my favorite fucking character in Mass Effect 1, and he was stripped from my side, and I got placed with this well, fucking then genetic we know, freak. We know the reason you got your chip on your shoulder, then. That's, that's so, one of the reasons. Mass Effect, it should have been called Rex Effect, because you were like, man, I fucking love Rex. Rex if you're like, so can you cool. play Rex, I'm going to play this game. Rex was so cool. You know, you could play Rex in, in the one of the expansions for Mass Effect 3. Well, you can play expand. Fuck you. You can't play him in the whole game. You can't play him in the whole trilogy. Wrong you answer. Get to go, you get to go use him in Mass Effect 3. Next You're point. thinking about it now. Next You're point. thinking about, man, I won't play that. Next play point. That Which brings me to personality. Take Rex, for example. Hey, oh. what do you yeah, know? Take Topical. Rex, for example. Topical, then. Adam. Good deal. Uh, Rex was a bad mofo. He rarely spoke, but when you drug it out of him, he had had deep personality. He didn't want to parade around, shout about being a bad mofo. He just was. This new Krogan I'm forced with, he's trying too hard. He talks too much, and he doesn't fit the bill at all. Now, this 
this is just one character, but this is saying a lot for games and movies, period. When you have a character that is slightly quiet, slightly, they, they keep to themselves, but they get shit done, I want that person to keep them. Yes, it is a narrative choice to say that, well, they've grown, they're, mm-hmm. they've come out of their shell. This would be, this would be topical talking about Rex because he has a shell, but for one, Rex was pulled off the field. And now I've got this new Krogan. I'm like, okay, well, what's your deal? And he was not Rex. I understand that he's not Rex. You can't think of him as Rex. Mm-hmm. But you're giving me a Krogan in my party. And this okay. Krogan doesn't give me the same feels that, that Rex did, That's because if that makes person. any sense. That's because he's a different person. If you actually look at it, he is his own unique Character. Yeah, he's designed to be his own unique thing. I mean, fuck ever. He's designed to be his own unique character. If he, why would you rather him be just Rex Jr.? I no. would think Rex Jr. would be more no. insulting. What I would like, Adam, is to just have Rex in my fucking party. Well, like you I can had fucking him. shoot Rex in his fucking face in Mass Effect 3, and I will do it every time after this conversation. You are such an asshole. Fuck, fuck Rex. Yeah, fuck Mass Effect 3. Yeah, fuck Mass fuck. Effect. Uh, yes, uh, uh, you're on uh, my side. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so... Fucking goddamn Rex sucks. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> God. I didn't want you to take this podcast as a now let's hate Rex. You're gonna first it's this is this is you now. First I hate I hate Wolverine. Now I hate Rex. You just, yep, you just Rex and Wolverine just fucking each other. My mm. name is Adam and I like making enemies. <laughs> this is Adam Moving this is my on. favorite enemy in any next point scenario. Combat sucks oh period i have Damn. ammo now why i didn't need it in mass effect one i just got an overheat meter i kept that in check i was good to go now i have to find ammo great way to be the every other shooter mass effect 2 this is one of my big fucking gavels against this game okay this the game explains to you in a narrative. This was your big defense for a lot of this games. But, Michael, if you read and you listen and pay attention, they actually have story narrative-driven reasons why they... Fuck you, Adam. Fuck you. Just because they tell me why they changed it, that does not give me automatic... I like that. I don't have to like the change just because they... I didn't ex- say you had to like it. I didn't like it. Well, so what, that, here's the thing that you don't get that I do. They wanted... A more, uh, they wanted a more impact and kinetic combat feeling. Mm-hmm. They wanted to basically steal Gears of War. That's what they were going or for. Or Call of Duty or anything. No, it out wasn't there. fucking Call of Duty. It was Gears of War specifically. We talking about Mass Effect Two or One? Uh, two. Well, oh, yeah, okay, yes, yes, yes. The hide behind walls and all. No, that you hid behind weird. walls in every shooter. There were waist high walls popped. I'm up saying in I get what you're one. saying now. Yes, they copied yeah. some things directly yeah. from the the mindset of Gears of War. Get yeah. It. So so they did that, and they were like, okay, well, whatever. It is what it is. What I can see is that that made the combat a lot smooth. The combat in Mass Effect Two is a lot. It's a fucking phenomenal improvement from Mass Effect One. I didn't like that they got rid of the overheat function either. I fucking hated it. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't like the narrative reason, but they did provide one. Yes, they did. Okay, so they did provide. They gave you at least the common fucking courtesy not to retcon the shit. Okay? Without explanation, yeah, yeah. I'll and give I'll give them a very slight 
at a boy for doing that. Okay. But so and not only that, but they've completely unretconned it now or completely undone it now in Andromeda where they finally heard they they heard it in Mass Effect three and they mm-hmm. gave you the Prothean assault rifle. Yeah. This is also a plus that I'll give to the Mass Effect series. Mass Effect, Mass Effect Three. You can kind of see the little tendrils of guys. We, we're we're kind of a little sorry. We'll we'll tr- we'll, we'll try to fix some of the shit that we fucked up on. And yeah. apparently in in the in Andromeda they're doing a lot of those, and that's fine. Still talking about Mass Effect as a whole series, and specifically talking about Mass Effect Two on these points. Fuck that. When I saw that shit, I was pissed off. Number one. I saw fucking ammo on the field, and I was like, what the fuck am I playing now? This is bullshit. It's not just the fact that I didn't have an overheat gun. It's that I'm, I'm now playing every other fucking shooter out there. I need, I run out of ammo. I need to go fucking hop along the field and go find some ammo and have some ammo, man. Fuck you. I had a meter, and I could shoot and kill. You could still swap guns. Also, I didn't like how, and it, it, it didn't, it didn't play a big part at the very, very beginning of the game. But it actually, actually, yeah, it did. When I look out at a field and I see "quote unquote" strategically placed chest high walls, whatever they are, they're broken pieces of the of the building, or or they're actually walls set up by the enemy. I don't care what they are. The fact that I just saw that is like, hey, you should go. You and it has a little fucking bullshit baby guide meters like hey you should really you should run over here and press the x button to slide you can slide by this cover and then you can pop up over the cover like shut shut up shut up i didn't like it i didn't like that it was babying it and i didn't like the combat style that it was going after because it was trying to it was trying to appeal to everybody it was trying to make they wanted to be more action or they wanted the action scenes to have more of a kinetic flow than they did and you got to say this in the original the cover system was trash. Yes, in the an improvement. Yes, you could. Uh, okay, well, they made an improvement on the cover system. They looked at what existed at the time, <laughs> and they said, "Okay, well, we need to fix the cover system, and we need to make the combat more interesting." Because you know what you did, in Mass Effect fucking one. Mm. You got a fucking sniper rifle, or you got something. You maxed out the damage on it, and you either circle strafe the son of a bitch or hid behind cover. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. barely hid behind cover. Yeah. So you'd walk around duck walking. You'd go into the crouch and duck walk yeah. in a circle around things from 20 fucking miles away mm-hmm. and shoot at it. Well, now they wanted the enemies to be right on top of you. So they started putting up set pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, okay, set pieces make sense in a certain context. I don't think, and this is a slight, again, this is something I will concede about Mass Effect, is that it stopped being about okay, well, um, I can come up on these guys and they don't know I'm here and I can choose how I want to take them out. Mm -hmm. That went away. You know, that whole, I have options. I can fling a grenade down there or I can jump in the Mako and just drive out in the middle of them or I can pick them off with my sniper rifle or I can charge in guns blazing with my assault rifle. That went away. Okay, and that, I, I was, I mourned that. Okay, it's yeah. coming back in Andromeda, but I did not like that they took that away in Mass Effect two and three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know why they did it. I know why they did it because they wanted a, they wanted combat to, not they could they wanted to cover up the flaws of their game design. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 
And when they're trying to cover up those flaws, they needed to have a way to come around it. Mm -hmm. And they did it in a good way. So you say. So I say. Because if you had just rehashed Mass Effect 1, it would be very... You'd have the same arguments where, oh, well, they they just had the same enemy. They just buffed the damage on it. Well, Instead of putting you in shit's position and making it where you're stuck in a confined space and you got 360 degrees of fucking people coming at you. Mm Mm-hmm which they can't account for in an open-world-type environment. Yeah. <sighs> Moving on. Next point. Sad. So also combat-related, seems EA infected Bioware with the chest-high-wall ISIS, is what I meant to say, chest-high-wall ISIS disease. <laughs> Again, way to steal innovation and be like everyone else. These are not improvements on combat. They are stolen ideas and poorly implemented. Bloody screens so real, so real also comes to mind. Is we've already went over this. I just when I looked out at the battlefield, when I when I went to a new area in Mass Effect and saw that there was like a quote unquote set piece battlefield out, and it was like, oh, I can see the twelve areas where I need to go hide behind. I can see what the. It became mm-hmm. very, became very boring, and that should not happen in a Mass Effect two game it, should, it shouldn't happen in a mass effect game period it definitely shouldn't happen in the combat i should never feel bored in it and i'm not saying that it wasn't exciting i'm saying that it started to become very formulated well you started to see the you what you started to see were the seams in the set yes yes okay i, I can understand that and i i didn't like that i didn't i was too engrossed in the story and in the heat of the moment mm-hmm. i get very uh you let ea poison you is why you let EA what it is you. is when I go into a building and I'm like I'm gonna save Liara I'm thinking about saving Liara I'm not like wow well, look at these chest high walls <laughs> I bet there's gonna be an encounter here that's how that's how you approached it you were like oh look there's some ammo on the ground they're probably giving this to me before I go into the thing and me I was like I got a route to the elevator no. Liara don't I, I got the story reason why uh-huh. I was there but I'm just such an elevated gamer that I could see the bullshit in front yeah, of me I, I could, could not see ignore it on the subsequent playthroughs I can look at it and go yeah okay I can see how this is gonna happen and it happen it happens to you in subsequent it's happened to me on the onset which well, made it that's, just prominent. that's just because you Mass fucking Effect have bad tasting games Mass- that's all I say moving on with that fucking snide <laughs> bullshit uh, next point why, oh, why did I even pick a freaking soldier, biotic, etc. alignment if the game constantly pulls the, hey, listen, and demands I use biotics or whatever on attacking enemies? I chose I chose soldier I want to shoot, and that's it. If my teammates want to use other stuff, let them. I'll stick to what I chose. Thank you. Okay, what if do you, you mean? you remember at the beginning of the game, when you were fighting one of the first little combat areas, it was, hey, you can duck behind this wall. You, you mean sh- the fucking tutorial? No. The t- well, I guess the tutorial area. Whenever the you, you going to bitch about the fucking... It had a tutorial. Adam, I'm saying this is why I first saw this shit. Okay. Okay. In this area, w- once I got past the obvious, hey, you can press X to get to slide behind this wall. You can pop this, press this button to pop up over the wall and shoot and then let it go to fall back down. I was like, cool, thanks. I was... 
we've already, I've already made this point. But then it was like, hey, here's this set piece right here. You can, you should use your biotics to pull this thing. And then it would be cool if it happened one time and I just didn't choose that to do it again, but it kept happening over. It was like, hey, you really should use these biotics. What if I don't want to use them? I don't feel like using them. What if that's not my taste? They're like, you should really use If they didn't force you to, they just really, really strongly suggested that, hey, this shit would be better if you use them biotics. I didn't want to fucking use those. I didn't okay. pick that well, class I played through the game the first time as a soldier, and I didn't fucking feel obligated to use biotics at all i didn't feel if i remember there are some you couldn't even use biotics as a soldier so i don't know what there are some enemies that have shield types if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and if you use biotics, you just switch your ammo type it just makes it easier the, the bad thing about that is ammo types became a power and that's another thing that i'll put that's one of my gripes about mass effect 2 is that they changed the way the item systems work mm-hmm. and instead you were constantly upgrading stuff and you know giving them metal to fucking turn this shit into that shit instead of actually fucking with your weapon and you know putting attachments on it as you saw fit right like in the first game mm-hmm. um that was fucking annoying Mm-hmm. That's also coming back in Mass Effect Andromeda. This is just your Mass Effect Andromeda cell episode. Oh, it, 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 <laughs> it what it is is that BioWare's really good at listening, and we'll get to that at the very, very end. But, under under EA's thumb, are you sure? Uh, yeah, because EA's thumb isn't nearly as bad as other thumbs. It's still a thumb. It's a thumb. I'm not going <sighs> to deny it exists. All right. Another point. I said it about Grunt, but it goes for this game in general. It's trying too hard. The story is trying to appeal to some adolescent demographic demographic with constant one-liners and gratuitous swearing. Nobody acts the way they used to. Solarians, Krogans, Turians, humans, they all act alike. They all talk alike. Races are losing distinction. Races are losing distinction and molding into one large pile of poo. This, Whoa, that's savage, this dude. Is, okay. Wow, you're going to defend that? <laughs> yeah, I made the statement. I guess I fucking have, dude. <laughs> Do you still agree with that? Uh, I'm going to have to slightly retract that one a little bit because the Solarians talk and act and have a whole different personality than everybody else. The same with the, with the hell, the humans look... Look at Shepard compared who who in a in roundabout way was kind of a mercenary, kind of a do your own thing gung ho guy, and then you have somebody like uh, Ashley. No, not Ashley. Another human. The, Is this a- the old the old rugged guy. I just talked about him, Zaid. Zaid. So there's yeah. two humans. They're both distinct. So mm-hmm. this must have been. I must have been. This must. You have been, just must have been ranting. I was, you were just fucking rage typing. I was just typing as a madman, and shit was just coming out my fingers that I did not wholly mean. No, the game, the characters had distinction. It just, what it was is this is this is kind of like, I equate this to the X-Men movies being PG-13, PG-16, don't give me that look, and Logan being R-rated. Mm-hmm. How, if... Logan being R-rated fit Logan because Logan should have, any Wolverine thing should have been fucking R-rated. There's blood, guts, there's cussing, he don't give a fuck attitude. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that attitude in Mass Effect 1. I got people that would get shit done, 
But I started hearing these like, man, just it's like they were just cussing all the time, and they were trying to they were trying to be this true. They were trying too hard to be this badass team, and they didn't have to try to be. They were already badass. So that was just the writing, the way some of the script thing. And these were probably very selective. There were probably only a few here and there, but there were just times where I would just hear these people talk and watch them in their cutscenes and go, God, back it down, back back it down there, slick. You, you don't have to play a badass. You're already a badass. Yeah. I I can agree with some of that, and some of the some of Bioware stuff, they get wonky like that. Yeah, they just they 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 start. Let, let's that's a that's a Bioware thing. That's not a let's really show. That's how not edgy. a I fuck that I fucked up. That's just a, like I'm I'm Bioware, and I decided to be fucking do a Bioware thing. If you didn't create your characters on the onset to be edgy, don't start making them edgy. Don't start making them the fucking attitude hair. Well, some people badass. some people are designed to be edgy, but some people are not. EA wanted them to be edgy because that peels. Yeah, it was it, it was EA. It, it definitely oh, wasn't it something that happened in fucking mm. nice the old republic before EA came These around. These guys are too clean and too good and too cool. We got to make them definitely badass. wasn't anything that could have possibly. Tell me, what does EA's dick taste like, Adam? Hmm? What does it taste like? It tastes like your mouth. <laughs> Next thing uh, what does ea turn that around what does ea yes i'm shifting all this blame to ea because bioware made the original and it was great this new crap stinks of ea so bad why does ea force me to be renegades so much three separate times now i've been forced to give either a either a no or no no yes hold on let me see if i figure what i'm trying to say i've been forced to give either no or no no yes no See more. Okay. I remember there were times in the, this goes this goes toward the edginess of what I was getting at. The little quick cues, there were mm-hmm. a few of them in there where you were trying to do the good thing, where you wanted to push the guy out of the way so he don't get shot. There was some couple things, but it seemed like there were far too many times where you press RT to make fucking Shepard this hey, fuck you, bitch. I don't man, stop. You could press the button and smack the reporter in the first I game. Didn't, if I you didn't, could press the button and punch people in the gut. It goes more toward... He pulled a gun on Conrad Vickers in the first fucking game. He's like, this is what I look at every day. <laughs> this is Mass Effect 1, okay? It, it seemed like they were... as a Now, I could... Somebody probably could go back through the whole game of Mass Effect 2 and, and point out that I'm wrong. That no, they had just as many quick time uh, good events as they are quick time bad events. But it just really seemed like they, hey, press this trigger that's right. Another, that's you another know, one of those things. You know you want to make Shepard a badass. I'm like, I don't want, no. Just go along with the story. Because then I'm thinking in my head, okay, if I didn't press the trigger right now, what big plot arc am I possibly missing? Well, here, here's the thing. And this goes back to Bioware in general again. Bioware in general has had this bad thing, and it they it's not it's not necessarily the fact that, um, you know we had a good and a bad option, but it's the fact that they've used this formula so many times, where there was a red option and a blue option, and a red option and a blue option, and the red option was stupid, retarded, chaotic, fucking evil. Okay, and the blue option is like golden saint of I can do no fucking wrong. Exactly. Okay, but that happened in every Bioware game. 
Okay, that happened in Dragon Age. That happened in Mass Effect. It happened in Knights of the Old Republic. For anybody and, wondering, so I could, to, to know if I have any reference for all these, I've only played through Dragon Age Inquisition for probably about twenty minutes. I played none of those. So Adam has more of a Bioware as a whole background perspective. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately don't. They, they just you know that that's one of their sticks. They're getting out of that shtick. Thank God. Uh, Andromeda's not going to do that, so I've been told. Yeah. Um. But what you're going to have, when when you had the, I, I've got a halo on one side and a pair of devil horns on the other side, you know, I've got to pick between them. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up with some over-the-top bad stuff, you know, that nobody in their right fucking mind would actually do, mm-hmm. and some, wow, you really made this guy, he was... He was fucking robbing you two seconds ago, but you talked him into changing his fucking life. Yeah. yeah. No, dude, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Nobody's exactly. that good, okay? Yes, I agree. All right, so you're going to have it on both sides. Mm-hmm. where you, And it's not necessarily that they're trying to make a guy look badass or saintly. It's just by where it doesn't know what the fuck they're doing sometimes. Yeah. Their writers get carried away. But we're sorry about it. Overall, they're okay. Okay. okay? They try. They, overall, if you can. If they some they don't always put too much cheese on shit, right? Okay, and that's the good part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they really do, and it doesn't matter whether you're a Paragon or Renegade, or you're playing, you know, Dragon Age, or you're playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic, or whatever. There's going to be a point where, you know, the good option is fucking stupid, mm-hmm. and the bad option is stupid too, right? All right, next point. Let's see. Okay, so they removed the whole roving on planets sessions and replaced them with manually surveying every single planet, making me waste roughly the same amount of time, but with only mineral rewards and not upgrades, weapons, armor, battling for XP. Shake my head. Yeah, uh, a lot of people had this big gripe with the fucking Mako from Mass Effect One. It was yeah. it, it got it got meme level category where people made fun of it. I yeah. it's not that I loved the Mako, like that fucking sucked the dick of the Mako. It's that I had no problem with it. I went from planet to planet and I got to drive around and go through di- you get to see different terrains on the planet. You yeah. get to you get to go to places that are heavily forested or just bare or mountain there's mountains everywhere or fire ridden volcano type areas. This game, they put you out from a distance. You shoot a fucking probe. Oh, they, they, they made sure they worked in a fucking, you, you fucking threw a probe at Uranus and he goes, really? Or she goes, really? I was like, wow, wow. Good job. EA. You fucking pulled the Uranus joke. Don't fucking care. I did not like the way that they changed what you do on different planets. If I'm in a game to where I'm going, I'm spanning the universe. I want to be able to go to every planet. It, well, it's mundane. I don't give a fuck. Let me pick what planets I think are mundane. Let me pick what ones I think are fun. Let me have the option of doing that. Don't have me sitting up in space and throwing probes I down I agree with that planet. to an extent. I agree with it to an extent, but at the same time, they needed to figure out what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, they needed to figure out. Okay, well, how are we gonna unfuck the Mako? And they tried to put a driving section in Mass Effect Two. Yeah, they gave you the hammerhead, and they they debate it 
in Mass Effect 3, they're like, which was better, Mako or the Hammerhead? And, you know, you got Team Mako, Team Hammerhead. Uh, mm. Even though the Hammerhead is a piece of giant dog shit. <laughs> yes. Okay. I don't think anybody is like, oh, man, that thing's so fucking cool. No. Right now, Fuck somebody is. Thing. Somebody listen to the Somebody's podcast. Somebody's listening right to this podcast. Like, they right. need to go suck a big dick. You no, know, Adam, I was with you, but you, know, you going to talk about the hammerhead? Man, fuck. You know what? Email us. Tell us about it. We'd love mm-hmm. to hear you talk about yeah, that. I want to hear you try to defend that piece of D- shit. I dare one <laughs> That of thing you. is terrible. I, d- I will read it out on the podcast. I dare you to defend the hammerhead to Adam and show this son of a bitch that he's wrong. Oh, I'm not wrong. I'm never wrong. <laughs> Next point. Generally speaking, this game has been watered down bad. No, watered no. Watered down would mean they kept element they mean no. Watered down would mean the key elements are there. Boy, I should have pre-read this, shouldn't I? Yep. No. Watered down would mean the key elements are there, just not well fleshed out. This game, the key elements, the things that made me love Mass Effect 1 are either gone or changed altogether this, this is not mass effect this is some other game with some with some mass effect fan service at best Whew, this was more angry i was so angry you are so i was so, so mad uh, it's hard to point out specifics on this one but this is where all the points are starting to come together for me where i just didn't man i was mad when i wrote this you are you were so fucking mad you still believe that no, not not all the way because the game does feel like Mass Effect. It just feels like a little bit bigger. They expanded the scope a little more. I just didn't agree with the way. I just didn't agree with the scope. I didn't agree with the apparatus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think I, I was happy to have more. I wanted to know what happened to Shepard. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what Shepard was going to do. Yeah, and for me, that Mass Effect Two accomplishes that. Mm-hmm. It. May not get it done the best way, but it accomplished me finding out what the next chapter of this book had. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And would you say the game felt like Mass Effect to you? I would say that a lot of key elements that I loved about Mass Effect 1, gameplay elements, mm-hmm. were removed. Yeah. Okay. I did not like the fact that they did it. But it didn't make me hate the game because I fucking, the story was the, it's an RPG. Mm-hmm. Story is nine-tenths of an RPG. Oh, yeah. Okay? The system, it, it, the system can be terrible. If the story's good, I can manage. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this system wasn't terrible. It was just not as good as the previous one. But the previous one had, if the previous one was a barely functioning you know, 1967 Corvette, okay, that's on, like, its last legs and hasn't been well taken care of. This one was a brand-new Ford Focus. Mm -hmm. You know what we could equate this to? Another series that we could make equal comparisons to? Witcher. Because Witcher 1, if... For one, I, I'm Adam and I 100% agree. You should go play The Witcher. You should go play Witcher Three if you've never played a Witcher game. You, mm-hmm. I, I started off with Witcher Three, okay? So I broke my own rules and I played Witcher Three first. I tried to go. I tried to go back and play Witcher One. Oh my god! Yup. Oh, you have to. My god! You have to play The Witcher One first, or not at all. Now, I'm. This is not. 
We're not throwing shade on people who did start out with Witcher 1. What I'm saying is is that when you play Witcher 1 and then go to Witcher 2, you got two different games. Yep. There's this almost parallel arguments here could be made about Witcher 1 to Witcher 2. Witcher 1 at the time was probably great, but Witcher 2 had a lot more things Witcher involved. Witcher 2 was a giant leap forward in combat. Mm-hmm. It was a giant leap forward in inventory management and all these other things. Mm-hmm. But if you preferred switching between st- stances and styles like you did in Witcher 1, that's just gone. Yep. The cat school, the bear... The bear style, the all that didn't make a comeback till Witcher Three. Yeah. And just like a lot of things in Mass Effect One disappeared until Mass Effect Three, where they kind of came back. Yeah. Yeah. It's just now we're getting to Mass Effect Four. Ugh. And they're even more back. Even more back? Even more back. We were back. Now we're even Before more back. Before you had like the ghostly after image, and now it's kind of ethereal. You know, you can like put your hand in the smoke and swish it around. Touch it a little bit. Touch a little you're bit. Diddle it. Touch it. Just diddle it a little bit. They with can't the first see the finger fingers. motion you're doing. Just, just lick your fingers and just diddle. Just diddle. This is diddle. You know that. Diddle. Moving on. Next topic. <laughs> I said it before with other games. I'll say it here. I hate when the characters just have to shout out the action they're doing, like when they're using an ability. Forced. Pointless and annoying. I don't need you to gratuitously shout out your ability name. I can see it in the action. Now this, this is partial here to Mass Effect. This is probably a personal gripe. I get that. This is, oh, this is a, we're going to have an anime discussion one day. And this is going to be something I'm going to rave about, rant about, sorry. Yeah. Named attacks being used. I I can see how that would be annoying. Let me, let me, me, that's a, that's a little. But as a. From a game design perspective, you need to know that an ability was used. Hold on. Even if you couldn't see it happening. Hold on. I'm I'm getting to that. I'm getting to the Mass Effect. Let me let me let me make this little bitty blurb about the anime shit. Oh god. In general. What oh, you're talking oh about god. is one oh. or two little items. I'm gonna put the big bubble out there. This is my okay. big ranch bubble. Put your big bubble out. Shit. So I can pop it. Any of you awesome, wonderful, beautiful people that watch anime either at small amounts or at length. I'm hoping that most of you have had the privilege of watching anime with the original Japanese language and English subtitles. That's the way I prefer it. I love it. Well, you're a fucking snob. And I did this. Look, I'm not trying to be part of the hip, cool crowd, kids. I was doing this shit back in 96, 97 when I first got an anime because actually that was the way it was. Anime snob. That was the way it was given to me. The girlfriend that I dated at the time that got me into anime, all she had, she had several VHS anime movies and TV mm. series, but they were all Japanese. So me as a, an so impression, you dated an anime snob and you became an anime. Would you snob. hush? <laughs> God damn it! I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> the as a young impressionable teenage person that didn't know anything about anime when i saw this i just gravitated to it I'm like, this is so cool i like the way they talk i like the way they act i like the little the little things that go on they go on in japanese language for the most part for them i don't know a lot about the newer age anime maybe they've changed god i hope they don't I'm trying to find a good word to say this about it. A lot of characters in Japanese anime are subtle. If you take an action scene 
with a gun and there's a character that's shooting another guy and they're having this one-on-one battle when you have the american when you have the japanese version they'll 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 switch behind a wall and they'll fucking reload and they'll and they'll pick around the corner and, and they'll yeah they may they may make one sound effect when they come around the corner and bang bang and they'll fucking dodge and roll and get underneath something else and they'll they'll fucking check their gun again and they'll pick around the corner and they'll breathe and they'll watch you can hear a very visceral a very real two people that are trying to be quiet and trying to get shit done and not really caring about what they're saying you put that same scene with the english english speaking dialogue they're like i guess you had your chance now huh it's time to get oh fuck you let's have the yeah man i'm gonna oh god uh, they american Dialogue in movies, anime, they cannot shut the fuck up. This is an anime and it's in video Have games. Have you watched any recent anime that Like did I that? just said, like I just said, maybe in recent they've gotten wor- I hope they haven't. They've gotten worse about I that. I mean, uh, there are, it, it has improved from the 80s, I you promise. You don't have. The 80s anime that you oh, watch. Oh, you're talking about the English version. Yeah, well, if English dialogue has gotten quieter and gotten more subtle, they, then good they've for them. Try, they've been called out on their bullshit, and they try to make sure that they don't end up getting called out on their bullshit anymore. Here's here's a parallel. Just to give a small, this is a small, I, I, would, I, I would have to go back and list times this has happened in video games and anime and get a good, comp, a good compilation list so I can list these for you people. But I can't. I know one that comes into mind. If anybody out there has seen the very awesome anime Ninja Scroll, there Mm -hmm. is a character. This goes back to that argument that I made in another episode about the way that I think of Samus. The way that I uh, I visualize her and think about her character in my head, if they put a voice to her, that may go different to what I'm thinking. In Ninja Scroll, this Jubei, the lead character, has a very, he has an air about him. He's very quiet, very subtle. He is a fucking, Billy fucking badass, but he doesn't tout it. He just gets shit done. In the opening scene, this is not a fucking spoiler. How the fuck could I spoil Ninja Scroll? Good God. Uh, in the very opening scene, there's this ninja-clad character. He has that, that typical rice hat on his head. He's got a sword draped over his back. He's walking across this bridge, and he's eating a fucking rice cake. And there's no words. There's nothing. He's just walking across the bridge. And these two, these fucking hoodlums that are trying to steal from him, they fucking ram a fucking spear up through the bridge, and it cuts, his, it cuts Jubei's rice hat in half. And Yujubei doesn't say a fucking word. He doesn't go, oh, damn. He just keeps eating his fucking rice cake like nothing happened. And then Mm -hmm. the two fucking hoodlums start talking. That is the Japanese version. The English version, he's full of dialogue. (laughs) He's like, oh, fucking great. I love rice cakes. I'm going to give me the rice cake when I get done with this shit. He He walks across the pier. He walks across the bridge. The fucking spear shoots up, splits his, his hat in half, and he goes... Oh man, that was my favorite hat. That th- that's not his character. That's not the way that I saw him. This is one example and this is not um this is not even given a good fleshed out way of me trying to say that English characters in games and anime just talk. They constantly have to go mm, uh, uh they got to add their own fucking guttural sound effects that mm-hmm. aren't there when you watch the Japanese versions. Really really makes me mad. I mean it it is what it is man you can you can get mad about it if you want but 
it it's not like that anymore. Well, does that make ho- sense? Hopefully, this this is something that's been that, that I just brought this in to Mass Effect Two because when I was playing Mass Effect Two, I kept seeing this happen. It was like it just it just added more and more and more to the weight of how that, this fucking game sucks. So moving on. Next point. Moving on. I win again. <laughs> Let me figure out where I'm left off. Let's see. This game suffers bad from sequelitis. And by this point, I didn't. This was well before Aaron Hansen's sequelitis. I don't mean this in a good way. I meant this in the bad way. When the typical Hollywood style, the first is really great. The second one, you're like, what did they do? Uh, this game suffers bad from sequelitis. They didn't spruce up the great things of Mass Effect 1. They changed them all together. They've added so much other nonsense that I'm forcing myself to feel like I'm playing a Mass Effect game. Yeah, this goes back to what I said earlier, is that they just added so much stuff as a whole that I'm not I, I, I'm not feeling it. I feel like I, they, they've put something down, and I have to take what they've given me, and I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't care for it. Yeah, they put something down, and it was a marked improvement on several fronts. And the fact that you didn't get into the story, I don't know how you didn't, but it grabbed me. It grabbed me, and it, and I was like, well, why? I wanted to know what happened to the other characters. I wanted to know what happened to my original crew. I was like, why isn't my original crew back? Mm-hmm. One of the first missions you go on, you meet Tally. Mm-hmm. And you know she's like, oh, I got some shit I gotta do, but maybe later. Yeah, and, uh, and that kept me. I was like, okay, well, when am I gonna run into Tally again? You know, and then you run into Garrus, and you're like, fuck yeah, Garrus, come with me. And he's like, fuck yeah, I thought you were dead. Cool. Yeah, help me out in this sniper situation. Yep, and he, you know, and then he just kept the they interspersed the new with the old mm. and i was like wow this is i like this and i like the way the new normandy looks i like that they upgraded everything i like that you could upgrade the ship cerberus upgraded the normandy Cerber, cerberus did upgrade the normandy yeah just more reasons with their to, mouths more reasons to keep shepherd underneath their leash yeah yeah well See, th- that's something else about Cerberus, how they, they did a good enough job making it seem like Shepard didn't approach Cerberus with this whole, like, what do you got for me, guys? All right, Cerberus, yay. He, they, they did a pretty good job of him walking up to them with folded arms going, let's just get this straight. I don't trust you guys. But you brought me back to life, so... Like, I no, he kept pointing out things. He's like, uh, he, he gave Shepard just enough diplomacy mm-hmm. to be like well you know i knew you'd get out of it i knew i i would i thought that you could handle it mm-hmm. you know i you know we we have our methods but the the technology is needed yeah you know we needed to have this for this yeah and you took full advantage of it mm-hmm. without it you'd never have gotten this yeah you know I, I'm looking through it right here, and I don't see any more Cerberus-related things, so I, I do want to do what I said I was going to do and harp back on Cerberus as a whole. Uh-oh. I Do you, and I want you to be honest with me now, Cerberus was in Mass Effect 1. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember giving a fuck about Cerberus in Mass Effect 1? 
If I remember straight, there was one fucking Cerberus-surrounded mission in Mass Effect 1 out of the, oh, I don't know, 80 different missions you can go on. Yeah. So the fact that this goes this goes along with me saying that I don't like how I don't like how it was changed. I don't like how Cerberus was now brought to some big huge like Cerberus was one of their big gigantic focal points of this main story narrative when in the first one I didn't give well, two Well Cerberus shit. was shown to be a fucking shady corporation in the very first game. Yeah, shown it was to shown be to be like bigger than you could uh, what he the way they said it was you know he, you rescued that guy mm-hmm. and he was like man you know uh, we could do this thing and uh, I, I'm just they were killing these people and they were fucking me over and all this bad shit was happening and you you had the option to calm him down or let him shoot the fucking scientists and you know you picked whatever you wanted to do and you know and you get an email about that and and they uh actual game it's like mm-hmm. the guy comes back and says well you know you told me not to shoot the bitch but now you're working for him so yeah so yeah what fuck, what, bro. Have what a fucking fool i was mm-hmm. you know um so i mean it they weren't you know played up to be huge potatoes in the first game but it's like and you really didn't get the chance to look at them that hard in the first game good point you 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 were busy. You were doing Alliance shit. Mm-hmm. The Alliance was like, we need this shit, and we need that shit, and this is your main objective, and fucking track down Saren and stop him. So maybe that would have been a positive on, on Bioware's side, is that maybe it wasn't that, maybe they just got bigger, and you just didn't notice. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't even that they may, they may have always been that big. You didn't go into the Terminus. You got to remember that you stayed in Citadel space in the first game. Yeah. Then you went out into the Terminus systems, which were the lawless systems, mm-hmm. the non-Citadel systems mm-hmm. in the in Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. And in Mass Effect 3, you go all throughout the shit. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Terminus space is supposed to be the place where, you know, you go and... You have like the huts, you know what I mean. You have that. You have the lawlessness outer rim galaxies where you know the long arm of the law actually can't fucking reach you. Right. You have gangster run colonies and and people that just didn't want to be fucking bothered. Mm-hmm. All right. Next point. Uh, I don't think this is a point. It says I'm giving this game one more day of playthrough to wow me. No truck with returning a crappy game. If it gets better, I'll give it its due and proper. But for now, I'm severely unimpressed. That's just my thoughts. Oh boy, here's another point. Oh. Oh yeah. Grenades. This is a mechanic. This is a very specific game mechanic reason why, or what? This is a very specific game mechanic reason that I didn't like the game. This was something okay. that's a big, a small, very tiny thing that just added to the fire. Grenades. I love the grenade mechanic from Mass Effect 1. You don't arc a grenade. It's smart. It's a smart flying grenade. As in, you aim and you rail throw a grenade at your target. Wherever you fling it, it goes in a straight line. You can detonate it seemingly anytime. The whole mechanic is gone in Mass Effect 2. No grenades, not even arcing ones. There were arcing grenades in Mass Effect 2, weren't they? There were... No, they took grenades out. There were power grenades. They were very few and very... They had... Gr- they had Zaid specifically had a grenade that exploded. Yeah. But I, um, you as Shepard, you didn't have that grenade button anymore. You could You could 
get that power from Zaid, I, I think. Yeah, so you're going to have to go through steps it. to get something that's already there. That just yeah. BS. I, but I, I just genuinely, it's just something that the I grenades were The grenades were an odd thing to remove. Yeah. Um, But I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a game breaker, really. Yeah. I mean, you could really use it to flush some motherfuckers out of cover, but you had other things you could use to flush people out of cover. Yeah, too. like biotics. Use your biotics, bro. Yeah, you could use your biotics. You could use your fucking, you know, uh, your concussive shot, mm-hmm. which didn't exist in the first game. Um, they added powers and stuff like that to try to flesh out the combat a little bit more. I mean, all the fucking the soldier had in the first game was the ability to shoot his fucking gun and not have it overheat. Yeah. Since they took the overheat mechanic out. They added in something to replace it, and I thought it was an overall yeah, concussive shot. is pretty cool. Um, when you look at it from that kind of perspective, it's just not a it, – it's a give-and-take kind of thing. You yeah. gain some things on the actual, you know, gameplay perspective, and you lost some things. And I, I agree. In tight spaces, grenades would have been extremely effective. Yeah. I just, in general, I fell in love with the grenade mechanic from Mass Effect. They did bring it back from Mass Effect Three. They did. This, again, this go that goes back to hey, they tried to fix some things in Mass Effect Three. They did listen and they did they did some things better. But just playing Mass Effect Two and just having that whole when you fall in love with a system and they completely remove the system, that grates on me. And I, I just yeah. just added to the fun. Well, that's another one of those things from Mass Effect Andromeda. You're going to go back to the original Mass Effect 1 style of upgrading powers where you have... It's actually a combination of Mass Effect 1 and 3. Mm-hmm. You remember how Mass Effect 3 had, like, power? It had, like, three powers in a row, and then it, like, branched off, and you had to pick one power or the other power? Yeah. Okay. Uh, imagine that again, but this time there are little dots, just like in the first game where you add dots to your you know say biotics or whatever Mm -hmm. and it gets to a certain point then it branches ah that's pretty cool does it make sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so you're gonna have really cool combinations of powers and stuff like that in this new game but there's like 10 dots to put yeah so you're looking at and you don't and now you're not limited by class anymore Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's gonna have some storyline reason why or what I think it's something to do with being the Pathfinder. Yeah. Like the Pathfinder is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to be able to upgrade all that shit. And it'll be really... And you, they also brought back the weapon swapping for Mass Effect 3, and they're going to keep it up, including the overheat weapons in Mass Effect Andromeda. Let's let's hold off your Mass Effect Andromeda rant oh, until man. the end. Because I, I know you're chomping to, t- to say some good things about oh, Andromeda. It's coming out soon. All right. So very last, you can still pre-order it. Very last Facebook your, post. This is, I don't think this had a point. I think this is just my last bit of gripes. <laughs> I said, "Screw it." I really, really tried to get into this one, but trying to love this game is like trying to love someone who stabbed you in the back. I'll be trading it in soon. Mass Effect Two, you disappoint me. Bioware, use a crowbar, a blowtorch, whatever you need to get EA out of there. Ah, oh, crap! Too late. Mass Effect Three is on the way. But yeah. they did. They listened. Yeah. All right. So here's my closing remarks. Uh, this is for Mass Effect 2. Yeah, this is all really from Mass Effect 2. Now I'm just going to talk about Mass Effect as a whole series. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had the privilege of, go, of going through, uh, before I went through Mass Effect 1, I went through and watched, you know, some awesome, awesome YouTubers have made, you know, basically like Mass Effect movies. You can mm-hmm. watch basically the Mass Effect 1 movie, 2, movie 3. Some of them have compiled them down to like 10-minute sessions, so you can get the whole damn game and all the gigantic plot points yeah. in about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, all good, all there. I would say as a whole... The Mass Effect story as a whole is awesome. This is a point you brought up uh, during one of our breaks before, and I, I thought about it, and this makes sense to me. You're going to hate me a little bit, but I'm not I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Star no. Wars is very good. has a lot of good stuff in it. But even though that was coming up and I should have grown up with that, I didn't. I wasn't privileged enough to get to watch it. I didn't see it. And by the time that I got to see him, they were very ho-hum for me. Mm-hmm. So for you and for the audience as a whole, Mass Effect is my Star Wars. That is my intergalactic, different species, different interpolitical... Com- so you never com- watched like Star Trek or any of that? No, I watched very random... See, I was a fucking nerd, and I watched fucking... Next generation. Well, and I watched very random sporadic. Deep Space Nine and all that shit. Very, very random and sporadic episodes of Star Wars The Next Generation, but it never stuck, stuck with me. Star Wars The Next Generation. Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> oh, man. You did I say that? Fucking murdered. Did I really say yes, that? Yes, you did. Oh, you God. said that shit. I'm sorry. I'll take that Someone back. Someone is I know going that is a to very kill egregious you. statement I made. Uh, no, I. Talking about Star Wars specifically. I've watched all of the Star Wars one, two, or three times. I've enjoyed some. Some of them I didn't care for. But just in general, the Star Wars as a whole has not grabbed me in a gripping way. Mass Effect most definitely did. There's so much good story in this game. And it is the scale and scope is so big. I love it. I love it. I just feel that starting with two and even a few parts of three, I just look at it with this squinted eye of, come on now, come on. This this doesn't work. I feel their storytelling via the gameplay I did not agree with. But the story, open and closed book, so good. Have no complaints in that department, except for the shit that they try to throw in to make the bullshit make sense. But you do make a good point. They at least went out of their way to give you a reason. They didn't change something and just said deal with it. You could find stuff that said this is why it happened. Yeah. I just fall back on, but that still doesn't mean that I have to like it. I like that they took the time. I don't like that it happened, period. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're never going to... There is never going to be a perfect game that you didn't design your fucking self. Yeah. Okay. Um. There's always going to be places where you didn't see eye to eye with them. There's always going to be places where you just kind of disagree with the creators. But Star Wars and Star Trek have always had this, like, rift between them. Star Trek being high science fiction. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this is fake science doing cool and wonderful things. Right. You know, science is the magic in Star Trek track except for when cube pops up yeah you know? yeah uh and star wars is fantasy yeah it's got fucking magic and the force and choking people from a distance and stuff well mass effect is kind of what would happen if you put that force in into star trek yeah. you have like a uh 
uh, science world where science created all these things and biotics exist, which is kind of like magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it can be explained by science. Yeah. So you have, you know, the mystical and the technological put together and they're both married. I think it fills that gap between the two very, very well. I would say it leaves off more of the magic aspect, though, because when I think of Star Wars, I think of the Jedi, and I think of the Force as a whole. Yeah. There isn't, I mean, you could argue that the biotic aspect is the Force of Mass Effect, but doesn't... Well, it's, it's the not, Mass Effect. The I, The concept of a Mass Effect reaction is yeah, the true. Force. In, it's the science that binds all the things together without the ability to manipulate the mass of an object. They couldn't fat travel faster than light. Mm-hmm. They couldn't make people get lifted up into the air and slam down onto the ground. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do all this cool shit they want to do. Mass acceleration fires the weapons, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. Everything's about mass effect in mass effect, even if it's not imme- immediately apparent. Yeah. So, uh yeah, that's part of my closing argument for this whole thing. I, I think I was very angry when I was writing the Mass Effect 2 bullets. It just, at the time, they added up. And I, I, I'm never going to drop off that. That's I did I did not like what they were doing with Mass Effect 2. I will give them some good attaboy, good high fives that mm-hmm. they went through in Mass Effect 3 and tried to fix some of it. They did. You and they're, cannot deny the story of that game, though. The game is just, and the game and story is trying again to fix even more of it. And they're actually reverting a little bit back to Mass Effect 1. As I said before, not only just the system, but the open world. Mm-hmm. They took some cues from The Witcher and from their own Dragon Age Inquisition and said, okay, well, let's marry some of these concepts and combine them into a new Mass Effect game. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about it. Super excited. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think we're going to get to see yeah, there's going to be a whole lot more customization. Mm-hmm. Um, they went ahead and dropped the... They they upped themselves from the rated PG-13 to the rated R. Mm-hmm. As you can tell by the fact that they went with a full nudity and strong sexual content. Which will come into play with us uh down the road, and we have our maturity and gaming con. Uh, oh yeah, podcast. Yeah, but I mean, if you take a look at all that, you you're saying, okay, well, they've come, they've they're trying to put this universe out there, mm-hmm. and anything that's more Mass Effect, I like just seeing the universe. Yeah, it doesn't have to be about Shepard. Mm. Okay, it doesn't yeah. have to be just about Shepard. I understand Shepard was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Okay, Luke Skywalker was also a big fucking deal in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Captain Kirk was a big fucking deal in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But so was I Captain knew Picard. Captain Picard was a big fucking deal. Whoever the captain was in Deep Space Nine, it was a yeah, big all deal. Of, all these guys are are legends in their own time, mm-hmm. and they get debated over. Well, if Kirk was so precious that you couldn't make a follow up story or couldn't even attempt, there would be no Picard. Yeah. Picard came in on his own right, and he's a completely different person than Kirk. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kirk is like, I'm gung-ho, and I'm going to go get that fucking shit done. Yep. 
Picard was reserved and he thought about shit and he was like, well... You mean Professor Xavier? Let me consult my crew. Mm-hmm. Let me try to... Let me try to figure out... He was literally Professor Xavier. Yeah, he was. <laughs> literally. Yes. Um, but he he would ask... He would talk to Jordy. He would talk to Riker. He would talk to the, the Crusher and, and Troy. And he would talk to all these people around him. He'd be like, hey... Let me get let me get a consensus here. What do you what do you think the fuck we should do? You know, they get trapped in time loops, and the same thing would happen over and over again. And they would just try to figure out, well, what can we do different this time, mm-hmm. or how do we even know we're doing anything different this time? He liked to gather opinions. Yeah, Kirk took action. Mm-hmm. Picard, you know, he took his own route, which was completely different but unique. Yeah. And I think that the Pathfinder can be the same thing. I think the Pathfinder might be the next fucking Shepard or might be the next thing that is compared to Shepard. See, I disagree. This, it could this, be. This is where I disagree, and I have I have good reasoning behind it. Okay. One of the things that I like so much about Mass Effect was the, was the antagonist portion of the story, speaking okay. specifically the Reapers. That was a big deal. Yeah. Not only was it a big deal as far as the universe was concerned, because there were millions of these Reapers, or billions even for all, if I who knows, there was a fuck ton of these things. Mm-hmm. But it was also big as far as time was concerned, because these fuckers leapfrog through time, what, every, every 10,000 years? Well, they didn't leapfrog so. through time. What they did is they went back out into dark space and hibernated. Well, and to our perspective, they were yeah. leapfrogging. But I'm, the point is, is that this wasn't something that happened in like a 10-year time. This happened multiple thousands of years so you have this huge antagonist that is very omnipresent very powerful Mm -hmm. and they've been around for a long fucking time it is going to be a and and also the protagonist side shepherd as you said it was a big fucking deal. He was a hero that rose to a legendary status. Yeah. So this is the challenge of this is what I'm I'm just so iffy about Andromeda because can they meet that challenge? Can they put well, here, can the they thing. put a, a person and their crew to the scale of Shepard and also have an overwhelming enemy that can match the holy fuck of the Reapers? Yes and no. Um, one, the Reapers were created. Yeah, they were created. If you want, if you played the Leviathan DLC, you can find out what created spoilers. The Reapers. Yeah, they they were created by something. Okay, so. If you look at it from a, a more of a an, an outward look at Bioware as a whole, okay, they've done they've covered this ground before. Mm-hmm. They had in the first Dragon Age, they had the Grey Wardens, okay, and the Grey Wardens were these fucking total complete badasses. They were sick, nasty in combat. They were above the law. They could recruit your ass, just anybody. They could recruit a pauper, a prince, anybody on the spot and say, you're going to be a fucking Grey Warden. Mm -hmm. Okay. They, you know, people feared and respected them. And the entirety of the story of the first Dragon Age, Dragon Age Origin, spoilers, uh, revolved around these Grey Wardens going around doing Grey Warden shit. Okay. They killed Darkspawn for a living. They were tainted by the darkness of the Darkspawn. What are Darkspawn? I haven't played this game. Darkspawn are kind of like zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very similar to zombies. Um, but they're capable of using weapons. And um, 
imagine if zombies had like a little bit more intelligence and like every once in a while there was a bigger zombie that controlled you know they fell in ranks they were able to fight in like army formation and shit like that okay okay um so these guys would this every 100 200 years a blight would occur and that's when the dark spawn who spend their time in the deep roads Dig and dig and dig and dig, and they find an arch demon, mm-hmm. which is an old god. And they awaken it, and the arch demon leads all the dark spawn up out of the fucking deep roads and into the mainlands, and they just sweep across the fucking world, destroying mm. shit. I like the sound of this. Okay, so this is Dragon Age origin story, and you're you, it's all about to get spoiled. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> You start off as this young initiate in the dark in the uh, Grey Wardens, and your mentor gets killed, and all this other shit happens. And you learn about being a Grey Warden. You learn about what they're supposed to do. You learn about how they are and what they do. And you go around gathering your army and trying to basically fight off this fucking blight. And at the end of the game, shit happens, and you kill the Archdemon. How can you top that? Mm, yeah. But at the same time, they left little sprinkles of other things in the game. You know, you had the way the dwarves worked. The entire society of the dwarves was based on this. Mm-hmm. Okay? You had the way the elves were treated. The elves were treated like second-class citizens in, to, in human society. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the way that uh, wild elves, the I can't remember what they were called, but... They, they basically outcast anyone who wasn't one of them. They they were tribal. Mm-hmm. Okay, you had a, an entirely, you had other. Uh, this all took place in the country of Ferelden, but there were other countries alluded to, lots of other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had you know the Kunari, where as a people you only met one, and he just talked his ass off. <laughs> the guy's name was Sten. That name sounds familiar. Guy's name was Sten. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're like, who Who are you? And he's like, I'm Sten. And so you call him Sten the whole game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dragon Age 2 rolls around. You find out that Sten is a rank. Oh, nice. These people don't believe in themselves. They are not a single person. Mm-hmm. Sten is a rank. Oh. This guy's name wasn't fucking Sten. He is a Sten. Oh, nice. But you didn't know that through the whole of the first game. Right, right. And you wouldn't know that. Mages. Mages are are kept in a tower since birth. Damn. And the moment, the moment somebody finds out you're a fucking mage, your powers manifest themselves, they send you off to the circle mm. or hide you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because mages can be taken over by demons because they slip in and out of the Fade, which is like a demon realm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, You see what I'm saying? There's yeah, all yeah. these secondary stories to be explored... We killed the archdemon, and sure, this other thing isn't so fucking big, but it's goddamn interesting. Yeah, I get your point. You know what I mean? And I think that there's a lot of that in Mass Effect. There's a whole lot of shit I want to know about, you know, what happened to the Krogan after the genophage, and what, you know, how do we get over, you know, our, you know, mutual hatreds of each other, and things that haven't even been revealed yet. They decided to... Play the one card they had left and leave the Milky Way galaxy for the Andromeda galaxy, mm-hmm. which means they can't go back. Right. Um, it would be very, very hard. Yeah, because, well, spoilers, 
spoilers from Mass Effect 3 at the very end. Uh, yeah, all the mass relays are gone now. Yeah, so they can't fucking leap. They they, they leap could perhaps the rebuild them, but it would be a massive galactic undertaking. It would be. It would. It would have a massive effect though. Not. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I see what you yeah, did there. I got it. You got I me. Did a good. You did a good person. See, man. also, you've made the statement before that you don't think Andromeda is going to be a trilogy. You don't. You don't think. I don't. I do don't that? think so. I think it's the beginning of a new era of Mass Effect. So you th- are you saying that it won't be a trilogy and there won't be three games? Are you saying there won't be, maybe there'll be five games or six games? What I'm you say? saying that there may be as many games as they're willing to put out. Mm. Just because now they aren't stuck in this one story that can't be ungotten out of. You couldn't have Matt, uh, you couldn't have Shepard deviate from chasing the Reapers. True. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. Shepard had a goddamn mission in life. The moment yeah. he found out about the Reapers yeah. to destroy them, so there were there was a lot of other shit going on. There was there, a, there was so much. I mean, there was a a whole lot of other stuff and, going and on. And all the he time, tried to wrap up as much of it as he could before he had to fight the Reapers. But it all boiled it all. down to I can't finish this right now. There's a much bigger problem. Yeah, this problem is too big for me to solve at the moment. So I can't maybe, dedicate enough resources to it. So you know what? That's actually a very good point. Maybe. Maybe the problem shouldn't be that they don't have an enemy as big as the Reapers. Maybe it's a good thing yeah. because they can spend the games and the times maybe tying races together and fixing intergalactic conflict. Or starting new ones. Or starting new ones, yeah. Exactly. You know, and now now they don't have this giant specter of how are they going to pull off the Reapers. The Reapers are done. Yeah. You know, maybe there's something more to come mm-hmm. you know we still had the leviathan dlc show okay well you know there there's something out there that a one shot a fucking reaper mm-hmm. and just go yeah and, and you know just with the wave of the hand the reaper is no of no consequence to them um so that still exists but whether or not they decide to play that card that's you know that's up to bioware now they can focus on other things like the fun part where you were, you know, going around and, you know, making relationships with people and trying to solve problems, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, you know, supply colonies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the the more interesting thing. So when I hear about like uh, in Mass Effect 1, when you went across that, uh, it was one of the DLCs for Mass Effect 1, where you had like the guy, the Batarians had decided to ram this rock into fucking this planet oh yeah 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 Mm -hmm. they put these giant engines on this asteroid and they're Mm -hmm. you know and uh i think it was you know i I thought that was fucking cool as shit Mm -hmm. you know i had never thought about it like that like if just put big ass engines on a fucking asteroid and slam it into the planet Mm -hmm. you know and uh you had to go around disarming them and stuff like that now you have all these other concepts for conflict that you could see Mm-hmm. And if, but what I what I've seen is comparisons to The Witcher Three and comparisons to Dragon Age Inquisition, which both had large open plains where you could just go around and fuck with shit. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's anything like either of those games, then this is going to be a lot of fun. If it's either the, if it's either like any one of those things with the same level and style of story from Mass Effect as a whole. I can see where I can see where it can be appealing. Yep, 
in it and not to mention going back to the old school stuff while you're doing it it seems like it it's going to be a brand new experience Mm -hmm. and you're going to have all new races pop up because you're in a new galaxy yeah so there's going to be different types of sentient things that we've never met before and if bioware is good at one thing it's fleshing shit out yeah so hopefully they'll make these races very well fleshed out and very um they'll feel like they're alive if that makes sense as long as they make it make sense Mm-hmm. I think is another. Well, I mean, it, going back to how well fleshed out they were in Mass Effect, just the series, you had um, Dextrose and Carbon, or not Carbon, but uh, Dextrose and what was the other one? Uh, anyway, the the proteins were different mm-hmm. between the food that Turians and Quarians ate as opposed to, you know, what humans and all those other. Yeah, humans and every other race were. Yeah. Uh, that I can think of. You had people that had to live in suits. You had two different races that couldn't survive in the outside atmosphere. One because the pressure and the temperature weren't correct. Mm-hmm. And one because they were just extremely weak yeah. to pathogens. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just by the way they flesh all this out, you're going to see... Um. These new races are probably going to be really, really interesting. I'm probably going to spend a lot of time going through the codexes and listening to what all is new about these people. Yeah, that's that's a good point for Mass Effect. It's a good point for Witcher. Uh, even games like we talked about before, like Lost Odyssey. Anytime, I highly encourage you, if you have the time in a game where they give you codexes or letters or emails or whatever, and there's there's extra content to read or watch or learn more about, mm-hmm. especially in Mass Effect, you should do it. Yeah, I know. I know. Always take that opportunity. Uh, and oh, especially in the Souls games, because if you are ever ever oh, going to have a possible. <laughs> fucking chance if you want if you want understanding any of the you want to be able that you just know why there's a giant blob monster in front of you yeah if you if you're like me and you can just take it as it comes and be like okay i accept this yeah then you know maybe you don't need to read all of it yeah but otherwise you're just gonna be completely fucking lost the souls games is very good about not holding your hands so if you're stuck in a souls game right now and you don't know where to go Go into your armor, go into your items, go into the the arrows, the magic, the rings, everything, and read. Go into the items that you've been picking up, those keys. They have have some wording behind them, and it will possibly guide. Maybe it'll clue you in. Maybe it'll clue you into where it's supposed to go. Mass Effect's a little bit more on the nose. Yeah, Mass Effect is not that, they're not that cryptic. They tell you what's going on. They just tell you a lot about it, so it's good. It fleshes things out for you and gives you way more context and more ability to understand things. My apprehension to the Andromeda series is that, are they going to continue doing that? Are they going to flesh out everything? And if they are, is it going to make sense in the scale of where they are in their world, in their universe? Well, they're looking for a new home. Because my question is going to be, how do these people, if if, if Andromeda has six, seven new races, and thereby you get, well, let's say they have 15 new races that you know about, and then you get seven or eight of them as party members, 
how did these people do these people know about races and characters from Mass Effect One? How have we expanded this far in well, knowledge they, and scale? They actually, and have, not from man. what I understand, and these can't be spoilers because they're a hypothesis. Yeah. Uh, from what it looks like, you had like a a citadel type construction. Okay, and each race made their own little, like, you know the arms of the Citadel, how they opened up? Mm -hmm. Imagine if one of those arms was a race. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you had the humans built one, and then you had the Asari built one, the Salarians built one, the Krogan built one, etc. Now, they all went over there apart, Mm -hmm. and they're all going to link up and get back together to form this Citadel kind of construction in Andromeda. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when they're there, you know, that each one of them has, like, the human one has human stuff on it. It's got trees from Earth and, you know, Earth's history and Earth's blah, 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 blah. And the Asari one has Asari history and Asari architecture and Asari, etc. So there'll be a, and it's going to be fun to walk through, mm-hmm. is to go back and look and see what they decided was worth picking. Right. Um. But, yeah, they'll be able to, any person, I guess, any new race that was like, okay, well, we'll make friends with you, will be able to go in there and be like, okay, well, now we are, um, now now we have a way to learn about these new races. Right. So, that I think that answers your question. Well, my question is not so much how will they learn about new people. It says, I hope they... I hope they know about the races in Mass Effect One, Two, and Three. That's what I'm getting at. I hope it. I hope they connect it somehow. Like the, it, I wouldn't think that they would have a new game, and the only known race that's in there is is the humans. No, 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 no. For a fact, the Turians, the Salarians, Krogan, Sasari. Oh, all, so they're all they're still, all confirmed. Uh, okay, they came uh, okay. over on the thing. They just may have new races too. Yeah. Okay. So you'll have well. Here's the thing is that y'all got over there around the same time, mm-hmm. but like say the Asari got there 10 years before you did mm-hmm. and they've already colonized the planet. You're trying, you're still, the humans just arrived and they're looking for the other races now, but you know, they may find like a settlement and they're trying to find the ship so they can connect them. Makes sense. Yeah. And this is just a, this is just a, theory a game theory no. ah, podcast ah, over yep so you're excited about andromeda i am indifferent i think this may be one of those instances in life where you'll get it you will have it before me and you'll tell me about it and i'll be like fuck yeah and i'll play it and i'll be like die. damn it you pulled mass effect fucked two a pie jack again. you know those little monkeys i fucked one <laughs> that's it my mm. You had have, the had the romance scene with the pie jack. I want to hear you say on the podcast, "I Adam have fucked a monkey." I have fucked a monkey. God, that's that's wreck. You can't. This is permanent. I know. You can't say I this. Fuck monkeys stuff. all the time. Wait, oh, okay. monkey fucker. <laughs> Unfortunately, for this week, we don't have any questions, uh, which is fine. We don't, you know, we we're not going to beg you guys, and we don't want yeah, you to feel fine. You don't want to ask us any questions, fine. We we oh, like you hurt, to. You don't hurt my feelings, though. Tell us about uh, your thoughts on Mass Effect. Ask us any questions you'd like us to answer about. Maybe there's something that we brought up, and you're like, man, you know what? I want to know what your opinion is on this. 
And he goes for anything, asks us any questions. Oh, I yeah. had a random question Uh-oh. for you, Adam. Oh, no. And for me both. Just really quick. Just something to just okay. gab about All for right. a minute. Right. Just randomly popped in my head. Okay. Can you name me no list or no important level, nothing? Just name me some off the top of your head. Name me some of your favorite weapons from any video game. Favorite any, weapons from any yeah, video game? Yeah, some weapons where you were like, man, this is a cool thing. Or you like the way this worked in mechanically, game mechanics or whatever. Okay. Um, if you need see. a minute, I have one. But if, if you got some, okay, well, what, what do you got? shoot them out if you got them. What do you got? Well, I know right off the bat, I just <laughs> I should be up on my wall. But in Devil May Cry 3... Mm-hmm. You fight, I believe she's either a witch or a vampire or a vampire or a witch or a fucking demon, a succubus. I don't know. Her name is, somebody corrected me one time and said it's Nevan. I always call it Nevin, mm-hmm. uh, N-E-V-A-N. When you, when you kill her, she turns into a weapon or she gives you a weapon. I, I, forgive me. But it is a scythe that is that doubles as a fucking electric guitar. What the shit? It sounds weird, but in the game, it is fucking outstanding. He he'll fucking sit there and he'll fucking charge it up and it will uh-huh. shoot electric field out. He can shoot bats at you. He'll pick it up over his head and like play it behind his head, and then he'll change it from that into a scythe and do a combo. What the shit? That is one of the coolest fucking weapon designs I've ever played in a game. Sounds sounds hokey. But it works. And I it's think, in a Devil May Cry game, so he can make it work. I, I've got a couple of them that I thought were... That, that, it, it, are you talking about mechanically Either, or lore-wise? Just or? any weapons that stuck out. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm equating this to somebody saying, man, the Buster Sword was fucking cool. Why? Just there's a big fucking heavy sword and you could equip material no, 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 to no. it. I think, uh, as far as lore-wise, I would go with... The very first weapon I ever thought was really fucking cool, which was from Ninja Gaiden. Oh, yeah. The dragon fang sword. Do you remember the lore behind it? It was just a dragon's fang. It was the, cool, the sword of chaos or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember it being like, I, I, I didn't know it was a dragon fang the first time. And it, it, you play through Ninja Gaiden, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going around slashing stuff. Yay. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, then I found out that it was a dragon's fang. It made me look at it a little bit different. Uh-huh. It's this stupid little fucking sword that you use in your normal attack, and you just... Yeah. You know, but, but at the same time, now it's a little bit cooler yeah, it's because the lore behind dragon, it is that it's yeah. a fucking dragon's fang. Mm-hmm. So I understand why these people are fucking exploding when I slash them. <laughs> okay. I don't understand how this boss is taking 20 fucking thousand hits with the damn thing. But, yeah. You know, um... As far as mechanically, it's actually up on your wall. I think the little grappling hook from uh, Just Cause. Oh, god damn yes. That is the fucking coolest Woo! idea mechanically I've seen in a long time. Slash Just Cause podcast time. You guys thought we were done. Now we're going to talk about Just Man, Cause. Just Cause was fucking Good awesome. god. You had no idea that game existed. I was nope. like, dude, you got to fucking try this You know shit. what? You know what, Greg? There's another answer to your question a whole podcast later. I knew fucking nothing about Just Cause 2, and Adam that played it, you need to talk about Just Cause 2 for a minute. Man, you, I, I, I would The come, demo talk and everything. Oh, man, I, I want you to know that I got this game as a... I, I was going through the PlayStation Network on the very, you know, 
last heels of me playing console games. And I got it on the PS3, and I was just sitting there like, eh, I guess I'll download this, eh, I guess I'll download that. Now I, I get just looking for something maybe to play. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, I fired up the demo, and I was like, oh, this is pretty fucking fun. You know? And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I kept finding that I would get new games, play them, get tired of them. And in between the games, I would always go play that fucking demo. And you could only stay in there for like, I forget, it had a time limit on it. Mm -hmm. It was like you could only play the game for like 30 minutes or something before it fucking automatically logged you out of it. And I'd log right back in. Yep. (laughs) And I'd just run around in this one little town and I'd always find new shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? And it, this is like a little piece of the greater island. And I yeah. would just fly around. I would just go around and I'd be like, all right, I'll go in this direction this time. Mm-hmm. And I'd find all new shit. And I'd be like, what the shit? Yep. Holy crap. I mean, and you could attach stuff to other stuff. For those, that don't know, for those that don't know, the, the main character of Just Cause 2 might have been the same one from Just Cause 1, and he is from yep. Just Cause 3. His name is Rico Rodriguez, and this guy is fucking... Antonio Banderas. But way fucking sexier and way cooler. Yes. And his main, his main weapon of choice, he has full a fucking circle. grappling hook. And it is a... Yeah, we did. You just pulled the podcast full circle back to Antonio right. Banderas. Is this uh, the Antonio Banderas Ant- podcast? At, at back to Anthony Flagg. Antonio Banderas cast. Okay. That should be the title, Anthony Flagg. <laughs> Done. Uh, <laughs> he has a grappling hook. Now, that sounds kind of whatever. Man, I had a grappling hook in Zelda. Motherfucker, let me, let me school you on how the grappling hook works. Yep. You can attach this thing to somebody. So now the grappling hook is attached to you and point B. It's attached to a fucking tree trunk. You're like, you aim it. You see a tree trunk about 30 feet in front of you. Now you have a line between you and that tree trunk. Well, now you can reel yourself into that tree trunk and you're, you're from point A to point B, just like the grappling hook. Cool. What you can also do is, hey, there's a car going by. Now you can attach the part that's on your hand to that car. The car goes by. Now it's attached to the fucking tree and then it goes, oh shit. And it fucking wrecks it itself. Rips the tree. It, can't it, pull a, it or, either rips the tree out or the ground. Or it can pull the tree out of the roots. The the way so, that you can fuck with things in this game, yeah. Oh, I, oh man, let's just so talk I would about attach, things we've. I would done. attach fucking yes. cars to helicopters was the first obvious thing I was like. I was like, okay, yeah. I would swing the cars around and then release the grappling, send the car flying. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, well, let me get malicious. And I, it not only that, but the mechanics of the game meant that you could ride on top of cars and do stunt jumps and stuff like that. Yep. And so I would stand on top of the car. I would look straight down and tether the top of the car to a ongoing on going pedestrian. You know, mm-hmm. as I'm riding on top of the car, pedestrians are standing on the street like smoking a cigarette, and I'm like, <laughs> snatch them and watch them get drugged behind the car. Yep, yep. I and, love attaching anything like a vehicle to an enemy, or just attaching your grappling hook to an enemy, and they go, "Oh, it's got me with this wire thing." Oh God. <laughs> You could find, you know, they have exploding barrels. They have little canisters of flammable material, and you could attach it. You could at, attach one end to an enemy, and the other end to the barrel, and then shoot the barrel. The barrel fucking catches on fire and flies up into the air with the enemy attached to them. And he's like, "Oh, shit's fucking crazy." Yeah, that game, that game was a giant playground yes. of fun. 
Is there not to mention the infinite physics defying parachutes? Yes, yes. You have a you have a, a butt parachute you can pull out of your butt, and you can. F- yep. It's hard to talk about all the shit in Just Cause 2 in one breath, but oh my god. For one, it's the grappling hook. Two, the parachutes. Three, there are vehicles of every type. There's motorcycles, there's cars, there's trucks, there's airplanes, there's helicopters. Think of Grand Theft Auto 5 level of vehicle types. You got it. And you can fly in or on top of all of these things. You want to ride a jet as it's going Mach 4? Get on it. You can do it. Yeah, you had you know the planes that have weapons. You can fly in them, use the weapons. You can have dog fights, and you can get on top and surf on to, top and shoot you with can your just rocket fly launcher. Fly by them, hop out of your jet, ride, surf on top of it. Mm-hmm. You know, grapple over to his jet, throw him out of it, take it, go land it somewhere. I challenge you, you wonderful, beautiful, awesome people, right now. If you, one of the biggest selling points of this game, and Adam will agree is the size of this game. It's just so much fun to go around and get into mischief for no reason whatsoever. And by, well, when I say size, I mean like physical size. It's it's known as having one of the hugest maps. This is what I want you to do, podcast listeners. I want you to go to Google. You're in Google? Okay, cool. I want you to type in Just Cause 2 map comparison or map size comparison somewhere in those images you should see uh, if i can find it i'll link it in the actual page but they have taken maps of well-known games they took the map of world of warcraft skyrim ladies and gentlemen a fucking massive multiplayer online rpg you have to understand how big that map must be that is a Mm -hmm. huge huge map they took that map they took the skyrim map they took some basic ones like the legend of zelda map and grand theft auto vice city map and they scaled all these down because they could not fit in the fucking map of just cause 2 or they 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 did they all fit in and just cause 2 was still leaps and bounds larger than the largest map depicted on that scale correct that is fucking it was huge there were times where Adam would tell me, and I would I would echo the same thing, where we would just play the game, and we it would take us physical days to drive from one place to the other, like the the scale. And if you decide, man, driving's too long, you can get out on foot, and you can fucking grapple around till you find a fucking plane and go fly a plane somewhere. Yep, it takes you physical time, even in the fastest flying well, vehicles not only that, to but get around. You have almost zero chance in that game of putting a dot on the map and making it to that dot. Yep, yep. Especially the longer the distance, the less of a chance you have. The the biggest thing that Because I'm, you're going to get sidetracked by something. One of the biggest things that I'm hearing about uh, games like Breath of the Wild is that you know they you they the game tells you here you're at point A. If you want to progress and get the next item, you need to go to point B. And Breath of the Wild folks are going, man, I'm just going to fucking take a left. I'm walking out the door and I'm taking a left or I'm taking a right. And I'm just getting fucking lost in the world. And who knows when. It may be days from now before I'll get back on track and start going to B. That was my first time doing that was in Just Cause 2. There is a story. Yes, that story means absolute dick. If you're playing Just Cause 2 because you want a fucking good a good Bioware story, you're in the wrong house. Get oh, yeah. out of here. If you want to play a game 
where they plop you in a world and just say go. If that is your your if cup you of like tea, sandbox games. <sighs> oh, this one's for you. They say go out and explore the world, and then go. Here's some tools for you to go play in the world, make shit happen. There, yep. you can find YouTube videos for days of people that just do shit in just cause too. Hey, I've I found this fucking. Uh, I want to see what would happen if I tethered a helicopter to a gigantic fucking windmill. What would those physics just look like? What would happen? Or I want to see what happens if I take every vehicle and try to attach it to every other vehicle. Like, what different things are going to happen? What happens when I put, when I attach people to things? Like, what happens? Uh, I actually have Just Cause 3. I've played it a little bit. I've been sidetracked because I got back in my Souls kick. Uh, and it does the same and it does more. The map is nowhere near as big. I will say that. But they just have it's just it's just more of the sandbox. It also has a more centered storyline, so they tried to they reel tried it. to put a story in. They it. tried to reel it in and make it a little bit more serious. But I I got I got to tell you right now, the reason why Just Cause Two is on my top fifteen has dick to do with story is because they plop you down in a big fucking sandbox, and I am nothing but a big kid. I can yep. spin. And Adam makes another good point. It's also a game. But where one of you my don't, personal goals in that game was to. Put a tether a boat to a helicopter, mm-hmm. fly straight up in the air, release the tether on the boat so that the boat begins falling, jump out of the helicopter, get in the boat, land in the water, and drive off. Yep. Yep. Just shit like that you can do. Yep. You can do. That was just, I would yeah, I would just set personal goals of trying to do ridiculous things. I would strongly suggest that if you do get into this game heavy, have at it, have a blast, have a ball, but you kind of want to mentally put this game down a few pegs as in how hardcore you want to get into it. This is a backfill game if there's never been a backfill game. If you're if you're between this games, this is a game that that you come back, and, you know, you you're I played the new Metal Gear game and I'm done with it and I'm waiting on the next big release to come out. This one is one of your times. This is a filler right here. You this is something you can you can turn on for an hour, two hours, three hours, and you know burn some time with and yep. have a great time doing it. Yep, it's, it's not it's, take your mind off that new Zelda release. Yep, it's not something you're gonna pick up and you you just you just fiending to get through the storyline. You're just fiending to get in and just fuck around. You just got some stuff you feel like you thought of and you you want to try. It is the it is an essential game title that puts the point of why we do what we do with games. You play this game. Mm-hmm. You play it just to have fun. That's all you're doing. Another another cool thing, uh, another personal goal I had was to hijack a biplane. Mhm. Toss the guy out. Catch him with the grapple and tow him behind his own plane. <laughs> Oh man, it's I possible. Never succeeded. It's possible. Never succeeded. I could never. I was never quick enough on the draw. That is your demon souls now. You yeah, just to do demon souls. <laughs> I can. I could never do it. All right, all right, folks. I think that's gonna do us. Do it for uh, this. Po- Ooh, that's is that, gonna, is that do gonna do us. us? That's gonna is do that us. Gonna do us. No. Mm. <laughs> That's going to do it for episode four of The End of Time. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you made it all the way through this episode, and if you've uh, got a chance, go check out the previous episodes. We're, we're doing pretty good about doing these weekly. We may even cheat now again and put some in early. We're, we're, tr- we're going to do our best to stay loyal to at least the weekly. But, uh, yeah, forgive us if we if we do two a week once in a while. We may. Eh, you never know. Sometimes we get froggy. <laughs> yeah, we, we him and I both get extremely excited when we just, hey, man, we're free, man. Let's come over and record some shit. Let's talk about something. 
Uh, like we said last podcast, we already have the next probably five, six different topics ready to go. So all we're waiting to do is just record them. Speaking of which, episode five, provided everything goes fine, everything goes according to plan, is going to be a very special episode for us. It's going to be the first time that we have a guest cast. We have oh, a man. yeah, we have a guest commentator coming in. Now you have to. You Maybe I'll hear. actually have a new microphone by then. Yeah, hopefully. It'll come uh, from Istanbul. And the, the guest said he's going to be bringing his own cool mic, and Adams will be coming in whenever the fuck it comes in. <laughs> one day, maybe. And I'll have one. So uh, you, we'll at least, at a minimum, we'll have three uh, good gaming commentary people here talking about uh, games. Uh, I think we already kind of spoiled the topic. We're going to talk about maturity in gaming, but we, we're not too big on letting you guys know what's down the road. But this one. It's a guest cast. It's something special. So uh, please look forward to that. And again, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, please, we we're not asking for likes and all that crap. We we if you like this, you you know like it for us. We're not going to tell you to or ask you to. Well, all we ask is if you can, please help us share it. Uh, we've had a few editing snafus here and there. We've we've, we've made the uh, we've corrected whatever. Well, SoundCloud corrected whatever it was supposed to correct and you got know, it. Where now we can download the bastards were trying to screw us over. Yep. So you, everyone, you can download the podcast and listen to it on your off time, in your own way, shape, or fashion. No need to be online if you just download it. Uh, we've we've got another mic coming in, so we're fixing that issue. That's that's going to be taken care of. Uh, we're doing our best to progress things for you. Thank you for sticking with us thus far. We do ask that you share. Uh, we actually put as a sticky on the actual Facebook page. The very first, very first thing is like, hey, come check out the SoundCloud page. This is where you find the podcast. So if you can, direct people to the page or direct it directly to the SoundCloud. It'll be end of time cash. You can find it, search for it, or just click on the link on the Facebook page. Please, if you have any gamer people out there, especially if you know they're, they're gamers and they do listen to podcasts, tell them to come check us out. They, they may like our material. We love to have more fans, mainly because we like to have more questions from you guys. So you can send uh, comments, questions. You can message us directly on the page. Uh, we have a Twitter. End of Timecast is on the Twitter. Uh, you can also email us directly at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny spelling needed. Just put it in and send Just us your questions. put question. it in and, and wiggle it around. Tell us your thoughts about uh, whatever we talked about today or any past episode. Tell us today what you, talk, what you thought about Mass Effect. If you have any questions for us or questions about our top five RPGs we had or anything in general. We love how many monkeys I fucked. We love to hear feedback. I mean, to point of fact, we didn't. I didn't even know about this issue about us not being able to download things until I went and talked to somebody and they just brought it up. So the more you guys let us know these things that are bad, the more we will try our best to get them fixed. So thanks again for listening. Please share the word for us. Put our name out there. Help people just because we want people to come listen. We want we want to know that people enjoy what we have to say and love to hear our, our wonderful voices. So that's it for today's episode, and uh, we will see you all next time. I am Michael. And I'm Adam. All right, good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>